0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs.
1: For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Here on a Friday afternoon, it's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Carrie Davis, Andrew Marge,
1: and, yeah, and, then,
2: he's, and then he's Anthony's out again.
3: is not feeling
1: well. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, he's, he's hung over probably. Poor guy. Yeah, he's got the uh, the brown bottle flu, is what oh, I heard. You know, okay. It goes around this time of year when it Sometimes. gets a little chilly out. Yeah, you know, just it's sit around. Nice out today, so. Oh,
4: well, yesterday was really nice. It was like 57 degrees. Yeah. Today is a little bit chillier. Yeah. <laughs> cameras. On doing its own thing again. Oh, that yeah. I don't understand it. Kerry, it's a great day. What makes it great? It's a great. So
2: many reasons. Okay, so many reasons. But the number one reason, the Cardinals got their guy. They get. They got their guy. Who was it? I don't know. I got to read it. Uh. (laughs) His name's Keenan Middleton. Oh, yes. He's he's a
4: is he is he a is he a starter? They're Terminator. Oh, he's a bullpen. Yeah, I don't know.
2: Okay, he's a bullpen guy. You all know? Right. One of those guys you call into the game later on. Uh yeah. Middle relief. No? I don't know. Like, I think we'll figure it out. Okay. Um He's here though. That's all that matters. He is here. All right. He is here. The savior, some are calling him. I heard that about him. Yeah. Yeah. The guy we Nobody been... actually said that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I do know about him, and I just uh perusing and talking to our good buddy BK, who if anybody's dove into the numbers or trying to kick the tires on find out what's going on i guarantee it was bk all
4: right he, he
2: yes he's a pretty knowledgeable guy when it comes to finding the information mm-hmm. says it's a good deal says that he's a, a guy that uh strikeout rate went up and and right. basically he said and i quote he's henesis cabrera when Cabrera was good
4: when was well we had henesis cabrera here and then we, we let trade him, him trade him to then he was good Oh, he was good here, though. Yeah, well, he was a problem, though, apparently. Because he wanted to play. Mm,
2: not always. Right. He, d- <laughs> he had some problems playing two in a row.
5: Well, you Davey, know. Jamie, you know how
4: tiring that is? <laughs> <laughs> they ask you to go pitch two days in a row. I just pitched yesterday. I mean, it's pretty Didn't exerting. Didn't we do it
2: yesterday? When you throw nine pitches, and then they ask you to pitch the next day. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. It, it is a lot. It's
4: the warming up and getting ready, you know, it's- a lot tuck, goes into that Yeah, tuckered out yeah
2: right. 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 worn right. down so <laughs> the Cardinals continue to add some pieces but it's, it's really all about the pitching this year and, and let's just let's isolate that because I'm not going to sit here and pretend to break down the pitching arsenal of Keenan Middleton here mm-hmm. today what I do think is relevant about the Cardinals and good or bad I don't know we'll find out is they identified exactly what they wanted to do and they went and did it they did but did they identify the right things? Did they get the right
4: pieces? That's to be determined. When is the first game? March 31st? Um, we'll know. That's when we'll know. know. I think it's March 31st. Marshy usually knows that. Yeah. Marshy has it
2: set aside. He paints his face and does all sorts of weird is he, stuff. Is he that guy? Oh, yeah. Dyes his beard red, uh, I think. So Not maybe. sure.
6: Just the soul patch. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Just the <laughs> soul patch. You and Scott Spizio, baby. <laughs>
4: Do you have a date for the for opening day? Is it it's March 31st, right?
6: So I'm looking at it. They play the Dodgers on the 28th. Oh, so that's when the season starts. But the opening day here in St. Louis is April 4th. April 4th against the Marlins.
4: We'll, we'll know for sure by then hmm. about Keenan. Well, yeah. just about everything, really, with the Cardinals. <laughs> it's your first two series. We'll have an idea. <laughs> and you play the Dodgers, so welcome. Yeah. And the Padres. It's Padres. The the you Padres got Mike be a good team. Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll
2: be. A- a- Old uh, Mississippi moonshine. <laughs> That's what I call it, <laughs> Okay, so the, by the way, Keenan Middleton is also the guy, make of it what you will. And, Carrie, I actually wanted to bounce this off of you because we both have been in pro locker rooms, mm-hmm. and ordinarily those are sacred. What, yeah. ha- what happens in the room
4: stays in the room. Stays in the
2: room, yeah. exactly. Well, Keenan Middleton left the White Sox last year and went on a podcast, can't remember which one, doesn't matter, and basically called out the White Sox as an absolute circus of an organization. Guys are sleeping in the bullpen, guys are doing whatever the heck they want. He said multiple things about this team. Mm -hmm. So which way do you lean on this? When you think about a guy and him doing this, one, really shouldn't talk about the locker room at any point, but Are you happy you've got a guy that didn't want to be a part of all that stuff and that kind of aired out his grievances? Or are you worried about a guy that talks about what happens in the locker room?
4: You can look at it both ways, I I would assume. I mean, it, it is, it is, because you could look at it and say, oh, as you said, Jamie, we know the clubhouse culture, the locker room culture. What happens in here, you could punch a guy in the face and nobody should know because sometimes guys need to get punched in the face to to get things situated. Yeah. But outside of this locker room, no one should know that. But when you are 61 and 101, and you got guys sleeping in the club out in the bullpen during games, it's probably why you're 61 and 101. Like, it's probably why your team stunk. Mm-hmm. And you would, um, I guess to a degree, maybe that's his way of saying, yeah, I knew it was bad. I told those guys this is not how you are handling your business properly as a professional athlete. And that's why the hell I didn't want to be there anymore. I'm not those guys. So maybe that's his way of distancing himself from the chaos Mm -hmm. that was the Chicago White Sox last year. Yeah. That's that's really bad.
2: It's terrible. And, you know, Lance Lynn was also there. Mm -hmm. And Lance Lynn, when asked
4: about all this stuff, pretty much confirmed everything. So I got a question. Sure. Now, this is a real question. Okay. Because we we were told that part of the reason of bringing these guys in was clubhouse culture. Yeah. If you're Lance Lynn and you're supposed to be brought in for clubhouse culture, why in the hell was the clubhouse culture like that there? Why was that happening? Why is that okay? So And, and what – okay. I, I think that's a fair question. Yeah. What is the expectation if you knew that your team won 61 games – Lost 101, and you knew guys were sleeping in the bullpen. Those are pitchers, if I'm not mistaken. They right. Are. And some backups and catchers. Those are your guys. I'm not putting this all on Lance Lynn, but you told us, at least I, and correct me if I'm wrong, part of the reasoning is the culture needing to be back to the Cardinal way. Mm-hmm. If that's the culture that was taking place there and nothing was changed, I'm just gonna put my hands up. So that's actually,
2: you know what, Carrie? I didn't think about that right away, but as soon as you said, Lance Lynn, I, like, I knew what direction you're headed in. You're right, so if Lance Lynn let that happen on his watch in Chicago, who's to say he's not gonna let that happen here?
4: What's going to be the difference? Yeah,
2: maybe, and you know this, because we've, we've played on a lot of different teams. Yeah. Sometimes it's overwhelming, the process. <laughs> to where if you're holding guys accountable, all of a sudden you got 12 guys that you're fighting with. Just let go. At that point, maybe yeah. that's what happened, right? Maybe yeah. Lance Lim was like, you know what? I know I'm going to be out of here yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get traded, go. and I don't care. Yeah. Blank this organization. Hey, guys, go have a nap.
4: <laughs> that could be fair, too. That could be. But, I, but I, I think that's a reasonable question. It is.
2: I wish somebody would ask him that question. At some point, we'll have BK do it.
7: <laughs> Brandon.
3: Yeah.
2: Get him told off. So okay, so if we um, if we dive back into this, this offseason for the Cardinals, do you feel like the Cardinals addressed their needs adequately, or did they just check the boxes that said pitcher and cost efficient?
4: Can, can both mean? be true? I don't know. I feel like both. I feel like both are true. I, I think you'll know one more than the other once the season starts. Like I, I, I truly have to be patient in this scenario oh because boy. I do. He said it, Marci. I want. He said by it. patience. Oh my! Hold on. Let me look don't at this you center. know we're tired of being patient here <laughs> <I> in, <laughs> in Cardinal get Nation? By Karen? patience. I mean tax day is <laughs> April fifteenth. Give me till tax day. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the first series. That'd we'll be the final extension. What about
6: Flag Day? That right. seems to be a good measuring point. That is. What is that,
4: June 24th or something? We
6: will uh, something. We I don't will know.
4: definitely know by day. Canadian
2: definitely knows that. <laughs> for sure. I have no idea. Flag Day is. I find it. Yeah, Kerry will look that up. But I find it intriguing that. June you, 14th. June 14th. I knew there was a four yeah. in there. All there right. You got a B minus yeah. for that, Jamie. There you go. Good job. But I, I think the Cardinals did the best that they could so far under the financial restraints that they've imposed upon themselves. Mm-hmm. Let me word it that way. It's called the budget. Because they we know that they could have dipped their toes into deeper waters with bigger money being out there. Is that right? Yeah, you know it. You know, <laughs> Mo, you know it. Of all people, you know it. You know you were complaining about the DeWitts too, that one time at the country club. Remember that? <laughs> I, I caught you. No, he wasn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> as if I'd be allowed in the same country club as Mo. <laughs> but I, again, I think the Cardinals, you know, they, they they filled up exactly what they needed to fill up when it came to their scorecard. Like starting pitching, we got three. Got it. Like Anthony's grocery list, you know, we Scratch got three. We need help in the bullpen. We did it. Scratch Kittredge. it off. Now mm-hmm. they're banking on those decisions being the right ones, and they're also completely all in on the fact that they think their offense is good enough to correct any of the mistakes they made. I have
4: one more one more request. Since we like the Chicago White Sox pitchers so much, can we go back one more time? Oh, we want the, the last piece of it? You, you want Dylan Cease? I would like that. I mean, yeah. I, I'd have rather you started there. but Yeah.
2: There's another guy I got my eye on, Who Gary. We're going to get that nah, right. later on in the show. <laughs> He's still available, too. He's a pretty damn good pitcher. Blake Snell's not coming here. He's a pretty damn good pitcher. It ain't Blake Snell either. So we got a busy show here today. We got lots of stuff to go over. Uh, we got the president of hockey operations and general manager of the St. Louis Blues, Doug Armstrong, who is kind enough to give us 15 minutes of his time. We're going to pick his brain on everything uh, Blues at the All Star Break and see what Army has to say because obviously Army doesn't mince words. He's a he's a man of. Uh, a lot of honesty. So it'll be a lot of fun to talk to him. And we'll get into a lot of other blues content as well. And starting with the next segment, we're going to get into the Blues All Star Assessment on the Defense Corps right here on 101 ESPN.
1: Oh, hockey, huh? We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Ashley and on 101 ESPN, Andrew Marsh, Kerry Davis, Jamie Rivers. We're continuing our assessment of the Blues here at the All-Star break. Let's go right to the Defense Corps. Carrie. I know that uh, it's been a bit of a revolving door here lately with some of the injuries that have gone on, mm-hmm. but let's just assess it overall. From a spectator standpoint, as a fan's view from you, how would you rate, not letters or like percentage, but how do you feel about this Blues defense core, how they've performed so far this year, based on last year, where it was kind of a free
4: for all. It was kind of bad last year. Yeah, was well, not I, great. I would say this year. So last let's start with last year. Last year one of the things that really drove me crazy and I felt they left Jordan Bennington out to dry Ooh, a lot. Did they ever? It it seems to me, I you played defense in the National Hockey League. It seems to me it's pretty hard to to block shots when you always have someone parked right in front of you. And it felt like the defenseman didn't realize that there's another colored jersey sitting right in front of your goaltender. Like, yeah. don't move him out of the way; just let him stand there. So when you well, look the at the guy
2: standing behind you, is not covered. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
4: you don't. I mean, obviously, you don't have eyes in the back of your head, but you can take head feet. on a swivel, Carey. That's what we call it. Yeah, yeah. you got to be Shoulder make sure check. you know what's going on. You better. You should. Um, this year, I feel like they've done a much better job of removing guys from in front of the net and allowing Jordan Jordan Bennington to be able to see shots to not have shots being deflected in or guys right there in front of him to be able to get a rebound. So all in all, I think they've done a much better job. I think Colton Pareko, I thought he was hurt last year. It I just looked like a, a back injury, a lower, he something. He wasn't himself, let's just put it that he way. He did not look good to me last year. This year, he looks completely healthy. He's playing extremely well. And so I think all in all, when he's playing better, because he's healthier, in my opinion, that the entire defense is better because of it. Yeah, he's an absolute horse.
3: Yeah.
2: out there this year. I mean, it's unbelievable to watch Colton Pareko play every single game and to be down there, and especially when I'm ice level, like you just get to see how fast he is. Yeah, and it's like when you watch like a video of like one of those big Canadian moose, right? You just think <laughs> you look, you're like, oh, it's a big animal. Then it starts to run, and, you're like, oh. and you realize how fa- like holy crap, like. <laughs> The, Colm Pareko, two strides, and he's at the blue line. Yeah. Like, from his own end, two strides, he's at the blue line. Three strides, he's at center ice. Right. And it's like, wow. And then to watch him play defense this year, he's got more bite in his game. hmm He's never going to be Chris Pronger for all you Blues fans that are hoping that he clubs somebody over the head one day. Probably not going to happen. But what are you noticing? He's closing guys out. He's finishing with a yeah. little more authority. And in front of the net, even go back to the last game, Columbus had a guy poke at the goalie and ends up ripping his helmet right. off and throwing him to the ice. Like, he's playing with more edge to him. This is the best I've ever seen Colton Pareko play. That's including the 2019 hmm. Stanley Cup run. That's that's awesome. It, it is. And I, I love what he's been able to do. I'm so happy the Blues never seriously entertained tra- trading this mm-hmm. player. Uh, somebody else right now would be the benefactor of having one of the best shutdown defensemen in the NHL.
4: Yeah. You've talked about that all the time in, in terms of whenever people were like, well, they need to trade Colton Pareko. You spend your entire season or, or years trying to find a defenseman like that. When you trade him away, you won't find another guy like that. So Mm-mm. the fact that he is healthy, he is playing at a high level. For me, that's the best part of this defense. Because again, last year was tough to watch. Just and I, I mean you you played it, but I'm watching. I'm like, why are they? Why is it when our guys get in front of other teams' nets, they get moved out the way? Why? And when other people get in front of our net, they just stand there and hang out. And that was a tr- that was problematic for me last season. So, seeing that they have corrected that issue, I didn't like at the beginning of the season how many shots were being allowed on goal all the time. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is is a problem because, I mean, you shoot forty times. Eventually, some of them are going to go in. So, I think they've kind of figured that out as well, not allowing as many shots. So th- this defense has been much better. And then you got some of the young guys, Perunovic, Kessel, who are playing really, really well. And I think that that's a surprise. Scandella, older guy, playing really, really well. This whole defense, I think, has done a really good job.
2: Yeah, I agree. So if we work our way through, we've kind of tackled Pareko. We've handled We Obviously, we feel like he's he's doing exactly what we need him mm-hmm. to do. Nick Letty's right there. Yeah. I mean, Nick Letty last year had an off year. When we first traded for Nick Letty, I was lukewarm okay. on the idea. Because I was like, I know how he plays. He's not an aggressive guy. He's an excellent skater. You know, how will this translate? And when he came here, he played really well. Mm-hmm really well then the blues re sign him in the offseason last year not well no in fairness to nick nobody had a great year yeah but this year's a different story man he's back to playing the way he played before he's another guy he's so smooth out there when he skates but he's so fast he's also a one-man breakout Mm -hmm. and his passes have been so accurate tape to tape really good outlet passes and he's a guy, too, that gets pucks through to the net in the offensive zone, finds a way to find a shot lane when there's guys that are trying to block it. He's been an excellent partner for Colton Pareko, shutting other teams' top units down. So I, I've been thoroughly impressed with Nick Letty as well.
4: Yeah, he's done a great job. And, and I think, you know, as you said, last year he had 23, was it 23 points? Right now he's at 16, 18, excuse me, and so he's on a tear. Here he's doing too. <laughs> right. You only had twenty three all of last year, and you're right now at, at eighteen. You're I, offensively you're doing much better, yeah. but the defensive side, him paired with Pareco, again. When you're when one per- person is not playing well, like Pareko was because of injury, that puts stress on the other defenseman. Correct? It makes oh, yeah. life a little bit harder on him because those two work in a tandem. And so now both of them healthy, both of them playing well. It's been it's been good to see.
2: Yeah. So let's move on to the second pairing here. And right now we'll go to the original setup where Justin Falk and Tori Krug. Uh, as far as Justin Falk is concerned, I I really like Justin Falk as a defenseman. Mm-hmm. I think that last year he was our best defenseman amongst the group. He plays both sides of the puck very well. He's got an absolute cannon for a shot. I get to see the miles prior every time they shoot. Mm-hmm. And every time he shoots, it's 93, 95, 93, 95. Like he gets a hold of it. Yeah. Um I, I I like him defensively. I think he plays with some physicality. And he's not a big guy, but he's not afraid to throw the shoulders out right. there. And uh, you know, he plays power play, penalty kill, regular shift. He's a big part of your defense core. I, I've been pleased with Justin Falk as well
4: I agree I think he's done a good job he needs to obviously get back healthy he's missed some time and I think they may have rushed him back a little bit because when he got back uh, a couple of games ago just didn't quite look yeah. like himself just moving a little bit slower or not as as confident as he had mm-hmm. prior to the injury so hopefully when he's hopefully after this break he's back he's healthy and ready to go
2: yeah so let's move to his partner Torrey Krug okay so this one yeah. nah this one's interesting wow. Kerry it is so it's it's well known, although it's never been confirmed by Doug Armstrong, and it will probably never be confirmed that he tried to trade Torrey Krug or he asked him to waive his mm-hmm. no trade. Tory Krug talked about it himself right. in the you know when he came back in the offseason. So that in itself sets up for mentally a tough situation for Tory Krug. Mm-hmm. I think he's played well. Do I think he's played great? Do I think he's played very no, I think he's played well. Offensively, he has not given you what he ordinarily gives. Because their power play has not been good either. And he's a big part of the power play. So whether the power play has hurt him offensively or he has hurt the power play, it doesn't matter. The Mm -hmm. marriage of it all wasn't working for a while. And Torrey Krug, because of that, only has 20 points here right now on the season. But what he has done, Kerry, is he's stepped up defensively. He's played probably the best defensive hockey I've seen him play while wearing the blue note.
4: Okay. So for me... I, I want to see, I want to see more from 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 Crew. Totally agree. I think there are times where he looks out of sorts. He looks uncomfortable out there. It just too many mistakes in in my opinion. Pucks that skip over and and he looks like he's out of place. And you know you get an odd man rush. It just it happens to him. I feel like more times than it happens to anyone any of the other defensemen. And so if that's the case, if you were ranking the defenseman right now, I think he would be in the lower half of of the the defensemen on your team. And so I I want to see more from him in terms of on the offensive end, obviously, but also definitely on the defensive end.
2: All right. So we only got a couple of minutes here because we don't want to be late for uh, Blues president of hockey operations and general manager Doug Armstrong, who will be joining the show here in about six, seven minutes. So to put a bow on this, Marco Scandella, uh, real quick, I really like what he's been doing. Love it. Great. And he's been playing with a lot of the young guys, too. And he's been really good for them. Um, Matt Kessel. Awesome. Big time impressed. Doing with the an way outstanding job. Scott Perunovic. Same. Started off slow. Mm-hmm. It was a rough go there for a bit. Defensively, he couldn't really play. Right. And offensively, he wasn't getting the success that he wanted. Now, in the last six to ten games, mm-hmm. he's been very good.
4: Yes, He's been very
2: good playing in the third pair, which is exactly where he needs to be. He, that means he's not up against the other team's top line defensively. Mm-hmm. But on the power play, the way he moves along that blue line and finds the open players, you can see now what it was that made him such a high pick and why he ultimately won the Hobie Baker, which is you know hockey's version right. of the
4: Heisman. Putting them in the position that they're successful in. I think Drew Bannister has done a great job of that. But watching those younger players and Scandella, I think those three guys, is. It's unfortunate because unless somebody is injured, Falk or Krug or one of those other guys, you're going to have one of those guys yeah. out of lineup. I think Matthew Kessel has kind of solidified himself in that spot, and so now you got to figure out, you know, who's going to be in between Scandella, Perunovic, which one? Because you're going to put Falk in when he's and open. Tyler Tucker and Tyler Tucker. We're who, about to get to him too. Got in a fight the other he did. It. So hey, right? Okay, you talked about. that. I talked about this. Not tough. Not didn't feel like he was being physical enough. And what it first game. I'm going to go punch somebody in the face. Sign me up. And he took on a tough dude. Yes.
2: Olivier is one of the tougher guys. Sign he's, me up. I mean, he's a strong, he's like a bull. Yeah. And so Tyler Tucker hanging in there doing that. As soon as it happened, I thought to myself, this is what you need to do, kid. Yeah. And it let's be let straight here. I don't mean he has to fight every game. I'm not so old school in the brain right. that thinks, this guy's got to go up to He's got to get that 25 <laughs> to 30 fights a year. No, he doesn't. He has to play with anger. Mm-hmm. He has to play with that intensity. And if he does do that, the fight will find him. Correct. And when this is what happened the other night. He took a hit from Olivier, and he kind of speared him yeah. after. He turned around and wanted to fight. Yeah. So the fight found him right. without distracting him from his game. And that's what Tyler Tucker needs to bring to the table. And if he does that... Now you got the, the three young players that you're trying to find ice time yes. for. We'll see, you know, how Army handles all of that moving forward. And you know what? We'll, well have I to I ask him. Yes, we will. We'll have to ask him a lot of <laughs> questions. Coming up next here in the Fast Lane, Blues President of Hockey Operations and General Manager Doug Armstrong joins the show here on
3: 101. The way to do your home.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Welcome back here to the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Andrew Marsh. We head out to the celebrity line now to be joined by Blues President of Hockey Operations and General Manager Doug Armstrong. Army, how are we doing today? I'm very good. How are you, folks? Good, good. Hey, uh, start off with our guy Robert Thomas. He has got his first All-Star game here up in Toronto. You know, from a, from a general manager president standpoint, you know, one, how proud of you? How proud are you of where Robert is right now? And you know, how do you feel his season is going so far?
8: Certainly happy for him, and uh, certainly well learned uh, honor to to represent the Blues at, at the All Star Game in Toronto. Uh, I would say for me, he's been our our most consistent uh, player uh, all year long. Uh, plays very heavy minutes against the other team's top players and done a great job. And I think he's just entering the prime of his career now, where I think he could be for the next six or seven years. And just finding ways to to get better. But he's a, he's at a great spot right now, and I hope. Uh, being at the all-star game in his hometown will mean a lot to him. And I hope he has a great time.
2: I mean, when you guys drafted Robert Thomas, did you envision this 200 foot player that's evolving right now, or was it more of an offensive thing? And then the player has just decided to evolve. You know, what, what was the thought process of where this player might end up?
8: Yeah, I think it was probably an offensive player that, uh, you know, he's coming from a, a highly competitive major junior team, not getting a lot of ice time as an 18 year old. And, uh, but we had an inside source here, Keith Chuck. Uh, son was playing there at the time, and he had a lot of great information on him. And uh, when we got him, it didn't take him long to, uh, to jump onto our roster as a 19-year-old, be part of a championship team. And uh, just it's been great to watch him evolve on and off the ice, uh, uh, taking a leadership role with our younger players and now all of our players uh being sort of the heartbeat of our, of our team on a nightly basis uh as i said he, he has very difficult tasks ahead of him every night playing against the other team's top players and asking to to produce offensively for us too and uh, i think craig ruby did a great job a year ago giving him that opportunity with ryan O'Reilly here uh sort of passed the torch a little bit and I, and ryan did a great job of mentoring him and uh, putting and giving him information on the situations he was going to face and. Uh, He's in a great spot now, and he's evolved uh, certainly at the level and maybe even more than we expected back on draft day.
4: Doug, we know uh, you all are off until February 10th. Players usually get off their feet, go on vacation, get away from the rink. What does this time down look like for you and your staff?
8: Uh, well, uh, with the minor league team is still playing, so we have some guys uh, there. Uh, I'm going to head over to uh, uh, Michigan on uh, Tuesday morning. The uh, U18 tournament that's usually in Europe is in, uh, in Michigan this year in uh, Plymouth, which is nice. So I'll be there at the games on uh, two games a day on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then I'm going to zip up to London, Ontario and watch a junior game on Friday and then uh, join our team for the road trip on Saturday, Sunday and Tuesday in Buffalo, Montreal and uh, Toronto. Uh, my wife and I are having a little staycation here after that Columbus game, so we're do, doing some uh, some fine dining uh, each night and finding some some great uh, St. Louis restaurants and just getting a little bit of time. And I'll watch the minor league team play tonight on TV. So no
4: break for you is what you're saying. <laughs>
8: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, hey, trust me. I I, I never complain that we work too hard. It's a it it, uh, it it's a it's a it's a great job. And there's no question about that.
2: Well, at least you won't have to waste money on sunscreen, Army. You'll be fine for that for a while. Yes, exactly. Yes. So
8: it was pretty nice yesterday.
2: Yeah, you're right. You're right. We'll take it. Uh, so, Army, look, overall, your team right now, when you look at your team in the standings and, and just, you know, it's been a been a different year. You had to let a head coach go. You brought in a new younger head coach, a guy that's familiar with the organization. You know, when you're looking at the body of work right now, how do you feel about your club?
8: Well, Jimmy, I think, you know, we entered the year, you know, realistic. Uh, you always push to be the best you can be, but I thought that Dallas and uh, Colorado were, were half to letter grade to a letter grade ahead of us, and they've, they've claimed that spot. Uh, Winnipeg, uh, at the start of the year, I thought might be in the area where we are. Uh, that was just predicated on, I thought, they were going to trade uh, Hellebuck and Shifley. Uh, they ended up re-signing those guys to long-term deals, and that, uh, that switched their focus. Uh, and I would say two teams that I probably had slipped. I would have been uh, Vancouver and LA. Uh, other than that, like uh, we are where I thought we we were fighting uh, fighting with teams for one of the wild card spots. Um, it's been an up and down year. We obviously had to make a very difficult decision, one that uh, uh, I didn't enjoy whatsoever uh, in changing coaches. But I just felt that where we were and how we were playing that that something needed to change there. And uh, Drew's come in and done a nice job and. I've been able to spend a little bit of time with Craig. I was out scouting, and he's doing some scouting for us. So we got together in Philly, and uh, he'll end up uh, some on television the other night. So he's keeping himself occupied also. But uh, where we are in the standings is where, where I thought competitively we would be. It's just been a uh, maybe a, a little rockier road to get here. Um, but, you know, I'm excited that we, we have an opportunity coming out of this break to compete and play meaningful games uh, as, as we push towards a playoff spot.
4: Doug, you talk about being in that number two spot in the wild card. If you all are still hovering around that spot come trade deadline, do you see yourselves being buyers or sellers?
8: Uh, probably neutral uh, is, is where I would see it. If we stay here now, um, we we've added we've added young assets. We have good young players. Uh, what we want to do is continue to build to that. Uh, you know, the players will dictate a little bit on what we do, but. Uh, but I don't think that there's any one trade that, that's going to make us favorites. So let's say we get into to the wild card spot as a, a favorites against the number one seed in the Pacific or the number one seed in the Central. So you, you want to be as competitive as you can, but you want to be realistic in what you're doing. Uh, with that being said, you know you never know in the NHL what, what's going to happen and what trade might come up. It could be... A, it could be a couple of a uh, younger prospect for somebody that's got some term, and, and you look at doing that too. So I'm not really sure exactly what's going to go on, but also we're we're not in the position we were, let's say from 2012 to 2020, where we're using first round picks for immediate success. That that immediate success was hoping to get us a Stanley Cup, and uh, we're just not. We you never know when you get in what what can happen. Uh, uh, now I'm dating myself back in 1990 when I started out. I was in uh, Minnesota. We had 66 points, and that team went to the finals. So you never know what's going to happen. But it's, it's probably not a recipe you want to, you want to uh, go to every year into.
2: Doug, one one way to win a playoff series or to make some noise and get into the playoffs is with good goaltending. And, you know, Jordan Bennington and Joel Holfer, the tandem this year, you know, from your standpoint, you know, how do you feel these goaltenders have played? I mean, I think the Jordan Binnington recently has been obviously exceptional. But from a management standpoint, you have to be happy with your goaltenders.
8: Yeah, sure. Uh, when when you look at uh, Binner stats, uh, uh, you know October, November were high. December took a little bit of a downturn for him, and then uh, we came in, in January is fantastic. And I think he's playing very good hockey. I also think that uh, uh, all, all the skaters are doing a nice job. We we give up shots. Uh, Jimmy, as you know, but we don't give up high-quality shots or second sh- shots to the level we have, uh, you know, over the last, uh, you know, little bit. So uh, we're trying to make his job a little bit easier. But he's making the big saves when we need them. Him and Hofer seem to have a really good partnership. Uh, uh, shows to Bennington's uh, qualities as a human being. He's helping Joel be the best he can be. And Joel's pushing Benner, uh, you know, on the ice. So I think it's a great partnership. And uh, the organization's a benefactor of having two guys that the players trust uh, to go in the net. Doug,
4: you all have some uh, really good young defensemen that are, are on the rise. How hard is it finding playing time for those guys when you got the veterans that are there and playing as well as they are?
8: Yeah, it, it, that's the that's the the push-pull. And, uh, you know, from a management perspective, you sometimes want to to see a, the, the, a longer rope given to younger players that the veteran players have uh, have earned. Uh, but you also understand that you're in the winning business, and that's a that's a push pull uh, organizationally that we go through. Uh, it's great to see a player like Scotty Perinovich getting his opportunity now, and uh, he's certainly helping round out uh, two. We now have two power play units that can be successful, and I think. When you only have one unit it's difficult because when they get shut down it just it just can suck the energy out of your team. Not not having you might not score but you want to build momentum and I think Scotty's done a really nice job coming in there and he's rounding out his two way game and you know, having to make room for a player like Kessel with Bertuzzo, those are hard decisions you have to make. But it's knowing that you, you these younger players are putting their time in the American League and then they, they get that opportunity and a player like Kessel is making the most of it and, and so is Scotty and uh, what we're trying to do is is to build these guys up so when they get to the NHL they can be uh, positive factors for our team.
2: Army, a couple more here for you before we let you go and let you get back to your busy All Star break. <laughs> um, you're, you 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 talk about the tough decision to you know move away from Craig Berube as the head coach, and then you give an opportunity to Drew Bannister who has been coaching a long time. He just hasn't been coaching in the NHL. He comes in in a tough situation. We all know what that's like for the new guy coming in. You know, overall, you know, have you been impressed with what Drew's been able to do? And is there anything that he's been able to do that even you were surprised that he's having the success that he's had? Uh,
8: for, yes, I'm impressed at, at uh, the way the, the way our team is playing right now. And that starts, uh, you, you credit, obviously, the players first and foremost. Uh, and then the coach are giving them a good game plan. Now, one of the things that uh, you know, when we looked at our team, uh, certainly this year, the first couple of months, uh, we were we were winning games by the end of the second period or losing games by the end of the second period. I think we were 30th to 32nd in 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 minutes tied in the third period and 30 to 32nd in, in plus or minus one goal. So what that showed us is that. Uh, you know, we scored in bunches. We gave up goals in bunches. And I think over the last two months, we've played a lot of one-goal games. We're comfortable in one-goal games. Uh, we've shown resiliency to to come back and uh, stick to it. In this, I'm not even sure if that's a word, but we. It we, is we in the fast lane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys went to my school. I like. <laughs> a hundred percent. Good Ontario education, you do. Amen. <laughs> <You bet. laughs> but uh, no, it. Uh, I, I'm, you know, the guys are playing deeper into games. They're finding ways, and and that that just builds excitement and camaraderie with your team. You go on that road trip that we had, that they, the guys went on, and they won three. And yeah, there might not be Rembrandts, but as you know, getting on the bus, getting on the plane, there's a little more pep in the step. There's a little more uh, uh, laughter in the locker room, and and that's that starts with with playing good and finding ways to win games. And a lot of that, as I said, the credit goes to the players first and foremost, but the coach is giving them the proper mindset to to get those W's yeah absolutely all right Doug
2: one last thing for you the news coming out today that uh, the Olympics are back on NHL teams will be taking a break for the Olympics to happen I know that you have been heavily involved with Hockey Canada over the course of your career Um, any thoughts on joining the staff that's coming up or how excited are you for it
8: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll start. With, I'm really excited for it. Not, not, not uh, about joining the staff, but just about Olympic hockey. Uh, you know, being able to to go to Vancouver and go to Sochi, obviously, two very different uh, places in the world. Uh, but when you get the competition, is still the competition, best on best. Uh, and the one thing that, that I wasn't ready for, quite honestly, when, when we got to Vancouver and to Sochi uh, is how small hockey is on the bigger part of a team. Uh, NHL players they're the show every city they go into but when you get to the Olympics you're 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 part of team Canada as a whole or part of team USA or or team Russia or whoever whatever country you're playing for and you're just a you're just a small piece on a bigger team and and I think the players really enjoy that the the camaraderie they get with with different people and um it's and and then and then the tournament itself best on best it's great to see and uh it's amazing how quickly teammates can turn into rivals and rivals uh um and, and, and do those things that are necessary to to, to to do to have success and uh and then how quickly they turn back into teammates. there's, there's a lot of the great great things about it, but the competition itself I think is, is fantastic. Um everybody wants to win the Stanley Cup first and foremost, but the Olympics are a very close second now and and just hearing uh you know the Team USA guys talk uh, the Chucks and, and Hayes and these guys about being part of Team USA, and you know it, it's just it just builds excitement around. Now we're you know we're talking about the event that's that's two years away, and I think it's only going to grow, and I think that's great for hockey.
2: Yeah, it is. I agree. I can't wait to watch all of that, Army. Thank you very much for joining us here today, buddy. Uh, much appreciated. I didn't know your schedule was going to be so busy, so. Obviously, a big uh-huh. thank you to you, and a thank you to your wife, because I'm sure you're taking. I'm taking time away from that right now. But uh, I appreciate it very much.
8: She thanked you for that last part. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks a
2: lot for having me on, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. You got it, Army. Thanks again. Thanks. That was Blues President of Hockey Operations and General Manager Doug Armstrong. A lot to unpack there. Love the answers from Army. You, you get straight, direct answers. Yeah. It's no beating around the bush. Yeah. There's no trying to read through what he's saying. Just really enjoy that a lot. Why don't we get into it on the flip side here after the commercial. We're going to break down or evaluate what we just heard from Doug Armstrong. That will be happening here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
8: You need to take the knife and jam it through their eye into their brain and kill them.
2: That's the voice of Doug Armstrong, president of hockey operations and general manager of the Blues, who we just had on here. In the fast lane on 101 ESPN. It's 2.50. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Okay, so, Marshy, here's what we're going to do. Army had a lot to say there. A lot of great stuff. Why don't you throw us some of your favorite Army quotes from what just happened, and we will get a chance to react to
6: those. All right, perfect. Will we talk about the, the communication that the Blues have that maybe the Cardinals don't have and so there was something that he said about the state of this team that I really appreciate and uh, first let's take a listen and then we'll we'll talk about that communication to not only us but the fans
8: well Jimmy I think you know we've, we entered the year you know realistic uh, you always push to be the best you can be but I thought that Dallas and uh, Colorado were were half to letter grade to a letter grade ahead of us and they've They've claimed that spot. Uh, Winnipeg uh, at the start of the year I thought might be in the area where we are. Uh, that was just predicated on I thought they were going to trade uh, Hellebuck and Shifley. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ended up re-signing those guys to long-term deals, and that uh, that switched their focus. Uh, and I would say two teams that I probably had slipped I would have been uh, Vancouver and LA. Uh, other than that, like uh, we are where I thought we'd, we were fighting uh, fighting with teams for one of the wild card spots. Um, it's been an up and down year. We obviously had to make a very difficult decision, one that uh, uh, I didn't enjoy whatsoever uh, in changing coaches, but I just felt that where we were and how we were playing, that, that something needed to change there, and uh, Drew's come in and done a nice job, and I've been able to spend a little bit of time with Craig. I was out scouting, and he's doing some scouting for us, so we got together in Philly, and uh, uh, he'll end up uh, so I'm on television the other night, so he's keeping himself occupied also, but uh, where we are in the standings is where, where I thought competitively we would be. It's just been a uh, maybe a, a little rockier road to get here. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited that we, we have an opportunity coming out of this break to compete and play meaningful games uh, as, as we push towards a playoff spot. All right, so that was Blues president and general manager Doug
2: Armstrong. I love his honesty. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many times... General managers or we'll call them front office because he occupies yeah. both instead of saying it the whole friggin' day. The yeah. Front office guys will beat around the bush a little bit, not really say what they think or yeah. paint a picture that isn't true. Army's honest says we're, we're kind of right where I thought yeah. we'd be. And, you know, begs the question, well, then why'd you fire the coach? Well, <laughs> no, but <laughs> yeah, hang on. Maybe different. you wouldn't be right where you thought Correct. you'd be had yeah. you held on. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He is right, too. The Winnipeg Jets pivoted. Yeah, mm-hmm. Everybody expected them to trade Shifley and Hellebuck. Yeah. They extended them, and they made a great trade with the LA Kings. They got rid of Pierre-Luc Dubois. They brought in some assets for those guys, and that team has played fantastic. So you're right in a spot there where you thought you'd be, and Army is, he's okay with it.
6: And I appreciate, like I said before before the clip started, I appreciate that he lets us know where his mind was we talk about all the time, well, you know, Army, Army has this team as uh, the third-place team. Well, why, why is that? And he just described why he thought this team would be in third place, but also goes into this team is in a spot, though, to play meaningful games. And at yeah. the end of the day, that's important. You yeah. want to be in a spot to play meaningful, meaningful games. Whether or not they make the playoffs, they're still in that mode to where the fans can be excited down the stretch.
4: And it gives you something to build on. If you are unable to make it to the playoffs, you know you still got your, pretty much your entire core readily well, you available. you got a whole bunch of young guys and some coming young guys too, on their way. So yeah. it, it gives you hope if you're unable to. And they honestly, the front office has not said anything different from the beginning of the season, from the offseason no, right. Until, until right now. This is where we expected us to be. Again, is the co- inconsistent play, is that frustrating? Was that frustrating? Extremely. But that's why you are where you are, and that's yeah. why they thought that they would be there. So a great it's kind of all fitting into what the plan was and how they plan on to move forward.
6: So obviously, a big question is: What is this team going to do at the end of February, given the trade deadline? Carrie, you asked the question. Here is what Army had to say:
8: Probably neutral uh, is, is where I would see it if we stay here. Now um, we we've added we've added young assets. We have good young players. Uh, What we want to do is continue to build to that. Uh, You know, the players will dictate a little bit on what we do, but uh, I I don't think that there's any one trade that's going to make us favorites. Let's say we get into the wild card spot as uh, uh, favorites against the number one seed in the Pacific or the number one seed in the Central. So you you want to be as competitive as you can, but you want to be realistic in what you're doing. Uh, With that being said, you you never know in the NHL what's going to happen and what trade might come up. It could be a it could be a couple of uh, a younger prospect for somebody that's got some term and, and you look at doing that too. So I'm not really sure exactly what's going to go on, but also we're, we're not in a position we were, let's say from 2012 to 2020, where we're using first round picks for immediate success, that that immediate success was hoping to get us a Stanley cup. And uh, we're just not, we, we, you never know when you get in what, what can happen. Uh, uh, now I'm baiting myself back to 1990, but I, when I started out, I was in the, Minnesota, we had 66 points, and that team went to the finals. So you never know what's going to happen, but it's, it's probably not a recipe you want to, you want to uh, go to every year into. No, it's not. No. I, I remember that Minnesota team. <laughs>
2: that was an incredible run. They had. But I, I think the thing to isolate there, carry is the very first thing he says probably stay neutral. Yeah. It goes back to our conversation we had with Chris Kerber. We talked about it in the hallway. Yeah. I said to Kerbs yesterday, remember I asked him, is the juice worth the squeeze? Yep. Because if you're in and around a playoff spot, do you really want to trade Oscar Sunquist for a fourth rounder? Right. And he talked about getting a second round. That ain't happening. Yeah. I mean, I like Curb's optimism, but that ain't happening. Right. You're not getting a second rounder for Marcos Candela and then a second rounder or a third rounder or fourth rounder. Like where does that translate to down the road? Do you really need that one more pick? No, I say you just stay stand pat with the team that you have. Knowing that you're comfortable in losing some of these guys who are UFAs at the end of the year,
4: yeah, I think it just if you are in the exact same spot, he's just neutral, right? We no need to sell, no need to buy because we are where we thought we would be. This is the plan, this was the mindset. We didn't think that we could be or compete with some of those other teams just yet. But give it time. Give us Be patient. And if you're lucky enough to get in, who knows what can happen? And you talked about that. You, you spoke about having Jordan Bennington for a game seven. You'll take him. Absolutely. Because anything can happen as long as he's in the net. So, you know, I think they're confident and comfortable. Now, if they're able to have a repeat of the, the last six games and go five and one when they come out of the break and then, you know, maybe ten and two, now things may be shifting and changing a little bit. But if you're kind of going to be the way you've been all season long – no need to shuffle around things and just go where you are. Stay where At you are. At the end of the day. There you go. All right, we're going to carry this over because we've got a few more Army
2: clips we want to get to. So we come back here on 101 ESPN, we're going to have Doug Armstrong and more reactions from
1: the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: in here on 101 ESPN. We had Blues president and general man president of hockey operations, general manager Doug Armstrong, on the show. We've been reacting to some of the things that Doug told us. While we're at it, mic drops. Let us know how you feel. Now, you heard what Army's had to say. You're hearing it throughout the show. How how comfortable are you with Army and his decisions? And you know, any of your reactions to the things that Army said as far as our questions that were asked. Leave us a mic drop. We're going to get into that later on in the show, and you will be able to hear the mic drops here on the Fast Lane and 101 ESPN. And all you have to do is go to the mobile app, click the little microphone, or we have a voicemail now on our Air Comfort Service text line. So call 314-399-9646. Leave us a message. We'll get into all your mic drops here later on down the road. So, Marshy, take over.
6: All right. So the biggest question heading into the season about the defense, and there are some players that have emerged, some young players that have emerged, and so Doug Armstrong sort of touched on their role within the team, and so this is what he had to say.
8: Yeah, it, it, that's the that's the, the push pull, and uh, you know, from a management perspective, you sometimes want to to see uh, the, the a longer rope given to younger players that the veteran players have. Uh, Have earned, uh, but you also understand that you're in the winning business, and that's a a push pull uh, organization that we go through. Uh, It's great to see a player like Scotty Perinovich getting his opportunity now, and uh, he's certainly helping round out uh, two. We now have two power play units that can be successful, and I think. When you only have one unit, it's difficult because when they get shut down, it just it just can suck the energy out of your team. Not not having you might not score, but you want to build momentum. And I think Scotty's done a really nice job coming in there, and he's rounding out his two way game. And you know, having to make room for a player like Kessel with Bertuzzo, those are hard decisions you have to make. But it's knowing that you you these younger players are putting their time in the American League, and then they they get that opportunity. And a player like Kessel is making the most of it, and so is Scotty. And uh, what we're trying to do is, is to build these guys up so when they get to the NHL, they can be uh, positive factors for our team.
2: Yeah, honestly, they're a pleasant surprise. Yeah. So everybody knew that Scott Perunovich was going to get an opportunity to play with the big club this year. Tyler Tucker, you kind of thought he'd get an opportunity, but nobody saw Matt Kessel coming. Right. Not right. Not like this. Has he been the best of the three? Overall, yes. Uh, if maybe. you take in complete game, Matt Castle. Yeah, despite
4: does, not having any any points or any yeah. goals, he's still.
2: Look at the situation you yes. putting to
4: carry. he's doing a great job. He
2: had a flight to Pittsburgh. No morning skate with the team. By the way, here's your here's your teammates. Here's <laughs> your defen- here's your defense partner, <laughs> and your first shift of the game is going to be against Sidney Crosby. <laughs> So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he he has been a very pleasant surprise. We got a text earlier, by the way, to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Somebody said, did the Army say you got two good power play units? Okay, let me help you out here. In the Use la- the numbers. Well, pre-Bannister, not good. Correct. Since Drew Bannister has been here, they're tied for eighth in the NHL. Which is good by twenty seven percent. There you go. Was great in the last nine games before the Columbus game. Mm-hmm. They were operating at forty percent, so the power play units have been substantially better. So Army's talking about you know recently, correct? Which is what you should do because yeah. it's what you're where you're at right now. Um, so that's you know what Army meant in that
4: moment there when he was talking about the power play. The one thing he said about giving young players more rope. You want that's a, that is a that's a tough task because. Ultimately, you're here to win games. You still need to win games, but the only way to get experience is by actually playing. And so, when you have a lot of veteran, a lot of a lot of veterans, a lot of guys that have been doing it for a long time, but you have these younger guys trying to, you know, push their way into the lineup and get more minutes on the ice, it becomes a difficult task. And it's easier; it's almost easier to let younger plays when you really stink. Like if they oh, were, ways. if they were like the the bottom. Of the division, bottom of the conference. Yeah, they though they they would find some guys would be more injured than they are, mm-hmm. or there would be more reasons or more opportunities we for you them just to play. Trade those
2: guys are in the way. There you, you go. You'd be tanking.
4: There you, you go. Care. So it it it's a it's a difficult task, but I think it's some t- at some point it's going to come to a head where you know Kessel, Perunovic, and Tyler Tucker are going to get those opportunities, which means that. You know, Tory Krug or some of the if three three yep. come in, three got to go, right? Yep. So much. that's how that works. So we'll see how it all plays out. But as long as they continue to have the success and and play at a high level the way that they have been, you're probably going to go in that direction because it's also going to be cheaper for you in the long run.
6: And that's the whole point of a retool, right? Yeah, you you're in a retool to see what you have in the organization, and I think these seasons are important because you are now finding out about a guy like Matthew Kessel Correct. you're finding out about Scott Perunovic and seeing how those guys can impact your club moving forward so you need these types of seasons to see what you have in the pipeline for for your club in the, in, the, in the next few years yeah. and i i'm really excited to see what Matthew Kessel can do in his career if he if he stays with the team and the way he's playing now i think i think he's a shoe in to be on the defense moving forward but the the blues right now of course when we agree, they probably wouldn't be where they're at without Drew Bannister coming in. And, and Army talked about Drew Bannister and, and also the players, giving them credit. But let's hear what Army had to say on the matter.
8: Yes, I'm impressed at uh, the way the, the way our team is playing right now. And that starts, uh, you, you credit, obviously, the players first and foremost. Uh, and then the coach are giving them a good game plan. But one of the things that, uh, you know, when we looked at our team, uh, certainly this year, the first couple of months, the uh, we were we were winning games by the end of the second period or losing games by the end of the second period. I think we were thirtieth to thirty second in, in in minutes tied in the third period and thirty to thirty second in, in plus or minus one goal. So what that showed us is that uh you know, we scored in bunches, we gave up goals in bunches. And I think over the last two months we've played a lot of one goal games, we're comfortable in one goal games. Uh we've shown resiliency to, to come back and uh Stick to it in this. I'm not even sure if that's a word, but we we, we have some of that now. Yeah, <laughs> you guys went to my school. I like that. <laughs> a good Ontario education, eh, Jamie? Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it. Uh, i I'm, You know, the, the guys are playing deeper into the games. They're finding ways, and and that that just builds excitement and camaraderie with your team. You go on that road trip that we had. That they, the guys went on and they won three and. Yeah, there might not be Rembrandts, but as you know, getting on the bus, getting on the plane, there's a little more pep in the step. There's a little more uh, uh, laughter in the locker room, and, and that's that starts with, with playing good and finding ways to win games. And a lot of that, as I said, the credit goes to the players first and foremost, but the coach is giving them the proper mindset to, to get those Ws. Yeah, you needed something.
2: So it wasn't working, unfortunately. And, you know, what Army did tell us, or divulge during his interview with us, was that he's still he's still talking to Craig Berube. Yeah. They're out scouting together. Chief is doing some scouting for the Blues, which is an honorable thing for him to do. Um, and, and whatnot. So it's not like they had a fist fight and never going to talk again. No, it's just business. But that being said, uh, one good thing Army didn't get in a fist fight with Chief. <laughs> um, it's a wise choice, Army. I don't care what knife you've got. <laughs> but... Drew Bannister has done a good job, guys. Mm -hmm. You know, I said it from day one. The very like I've I told you before, I've known Drew Bannister since I was 15 years old, as a hockey player, not as a hockey coach. Yeah, and his first day here, I wondered how he would come across to the team because nobody really knew what his coaching style was from up here. The guys who were in the minors with him, they knew. Right, and he's just soft-spoken, but very to the point. Yeah. It's almost it's a lot like Craig Berube, but the delivery is just a little different. Yeah, and so I think I think Drew Bannister's done a fantastic job, and credit to the players too because the players could just shut it down. Yeah, and I don't mean like oh we're just not going to play, but just do whatever the hell they want.
4: They could have. They could. They could just yeah. be like, you know what? I'm not playing that system. I'm gonna do whatever I want with the puck. I think you you definitely give them some credit because when you get a coach fired, it could go one or two ways. It could be, well, hell, we can we can do whatever we want to, or there can be some accountability there. Oh, hell, we got a guy fired, and we know that it wasn't good enough on our end. And I think that's what you've seen from the Blues. They didn't, as much as you know, Craig Rucie seemed like he's a pound on the table, get after you, and and go to you, and get you to do what you need to do. And maybe that wore on some people. But at the end of the day, they knew it was the correct thing. And now they're hearing the same message. Like, oh, maybe it is us. We got to be better in these areas because I've heard this all season long. So let's go out there and do what we're being asked to do.
6: And I think it says a lot about the players, knowing that this is Drew Bannister's shot to mm-hmm. stay in the NHL as a head coach. He mm-hmm. might not ever get another chance if if it doesn't work out here in St. Louis. Who knows? Hopefully he does. You know he seems like a like a great a great guy, and I love hearing his post game press conferences. And he was on the show here too, and he had nothing but great things to to say. But I think that this is his shot, and for the players to step up for him, I think that says a lot about them too.
2: Absolutely, we get a text to the Air Comfort Service text line from the six one eight, and I don't really understand where this texter's going, but. From the six one eight says, don't act like Bannister is some great coach. Okay, why not? <laughs> what, like six one eight, what resume or track record do you have on Drew Bannister? Like, what do you know about Drew Bannister as a coach to say that he isn't a great coach? Like, I just don't, carry, I don't. I don't understand the mentality there. This I mean, guy's it, come in, and, and it is a very difficult thing for anybody. If you're a boss or a manager, and the manager gets fired. And you come in as a manager with the old manager staff, right? With the way they did things, with nobody that you've hired, that's a difficult process for you to establish your team, the concept, you know, the goals for the the company. And I'm not even talking about pro sports. I'm talking about in if you're general. managing Subway yeah. <laughs> or Walmart or a bank or yeah. whatever, right? So I don't understand why we can't. Act. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody said he's a great coach. I think he's done a really good job. Under the circumstances that he's been presented,
4: can you say he's done a great job? I, it, why not? Uh, it, so and so, you all he can do, all you can go off of is what he's done so far. He's thirteen. Was it thirteen six and one? Is that was his? Is that his record? I believe so. Since he uh, since he got hired, he's done a a really good job with a group of guys that weren't playing really well. But the team looks different too. Th- that's Take what I'm the saying. Columbus game out of it. They look different in terms of just. We talked about it. Some of those games, I think the Flames game, they got down. They would not have won that game earlier this year. They've gotten down in games since Drew Bannister has been the coach and they have clawed back to tie the game and then to win the game. And they've had leads where they've given up the lead and normally that turns into a loss when you're looking at earlier in the season and it turned into a win for them. So, just figuring out ways to at least not give up, not let go of the rope. If he has done nothing else, he is a, he is he is put that into them and allowed them to say, "Hey, we can win every game we're in. We just got to do the things that we're coached and asked to do every single night." And I think he's done a good job of that, and I think the players have done a great job of it as well.
2: Yeah. Okay, I agree. So we get another text, a follow up text from a three one four says, "I actually agree. The players weren't working hard. He gets credit because the players now try.
4: Nah. Yeah." That's actually what that means. <laughs> and first of all, this, is not a, this isn't a Bannister
2: versus the players debate. Doug right. Armstrong just said credit to the players and credit to Drew Bannister. Yeah, It's not like the players are carrying the coach or no. the coach is carrying the players. If the marriage isn't right, we saw what happens. You lose hockey games, Correct. uninspired hockey games, too.
6: Yeah, and, and if it's all on the players, then why even have a head coach? Yeah, really. Just coach yourselves, guys. Just
2: coach yourself. So I couldn't disagree any more with that. I actually think that under the circumstances, the more I think about it, being a, a coach that's never coached in the NHL, that a lot of these guys don't know anything about, and coming in to take over a team after there's been a very popular figure fired from that team, I think Drew Bannister has done really well under the circumstances. I agree. And I think we should be happy that we have him. And you know what the future holds, who knows? That's up to Army and the organization. But at least right now, I feel like our team is in the hands of someone competent with you all right we got more blue stuff coming out throughout the day again please leave us your mic drops the 101 espn mobile app click the little microphone we already have a couple of voicemails in our air comfort service mailbox here and all you have to do is call 314-399-9646 and the question i have for you guys all today is what did you think of what army had to say and if there's anything he said specifically that you like or dislike let us know we'll get into your mic drops a little further on in the show. But next, here in the Fast Lane, we're going to talk about a pitcher that just got traded that the Cardinals probably should have thought of getting. That's right here on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Last Lane here on 101 ESPN 319. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Well, guys, there was a trade that happened in Major League Baseball. We got our guy. Cardinals had nothing to do with this one, by the way. Uh, Oh. But a big name headed to the Orioles, Corbin Burns, is moving from the Brewers to the Orioles. Now, good news,
4: he's no longer in the division. Right? That's great. Just win the division, carry this is helping out your cause. The thing, so I, I, we saw this it, it came out yesterday and Anthony texted us. He said the Cardinals are fortunate because they're in a division where three teams essentially don't try. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> they're not trying.
4: All right. Which win the division makes more sense now, right? Mm-hmm. If you're if the best teams Continuously move pieces out of the division. Well, well <laughs> the Cardinals looking really good now. And w- w- what place did the Milwaukee Brewers come in last year in the division? Number one first. Okay. Corbin Burns, was he a pretty important piece to that? I don't
2: remember how big of a piece he was. Wait, yeah, he was. Who's the other guy that was injured?
6: Uh, was it, uh, oh, geez, right? what was his name? It's not uh, a. <laughs> Wade Miley, it's the other, oh Woodruff. Woodruff.
2: Okay, so Brandon Woodruff was injured. So yes, Corbin Burns
4: was a big part. I could he he's, I mix them up. He's he's no longer there, right? So what did that do for the
6: Cardinals today? Oh, it made them a better team. There things, you what go. I just said. Yeah. Process yes. of elimination. They we are, just got better, baby. Put, put those, those babies on. Yeah. yeah
2: put those cardinal colored glasses on. What are
3: we
4: talking about?
3: huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're rocking and rolling. So I guess. Look at us. I guess where I go with this is that, uh, one, I don't know if the Brewers would have made a trade with the Cardinals, (laughs) to take you seriously right now. (laughs) There's
4: no (laughs) way. (laughs) Not at all.
2: So, but what happens here is the Orioles have the top-rated prospect pool in all of baseball, I believe, to be correct. Isn't that right, Marshy? It's up there. Yeah, I'm just going to die on that island. It is. They are the number one team when it comes to prospects. They sent shortstop Joey Ortiz, left handed pitcher D.L. D. Hall, and Ortiz is baseball's 63rd ranked prospect. He uh, was Baltimore's number six ranked prospect, and D.L. Hall, he's a former first round pick with nine games of Major League Baseball experience. The Brewers will also receive a competitive balance round A draft pick in the upcoming MLB draft. So, all of those things, the Cardinals could have traded exactly what those guys traded to get to get Corbin Burns. They could have. I mean, they've got the pieces. Yeah. Now, would they have? I don't know. Because Corbin Burns has this year, and then I believe he is an unrestricted free agent following that. So you'd be getting one year of service out of a guy. But you'd like to think that maybe he could re-sign, or you'd – I don't know. How do we feel about other teams making moves right now? And improving their club because the Orioles, one thing that they, the Orioles can pop, they've got a good offense. They've got so many great young players. I mean, look, Jackson Holiday hasn't even hit the, yep. the majors yet. And we know he's going to be an impact player. But one place where they suffered was their rotation was not good yeah. last year. They still won first place. Correct. And a very competitive division. You can di- remember this that, that division is going to be way more competitive this year with the teams that they have in there. So the Orioles had to find a way to upgrade in some capacity kind of, with their pitching. They really mm-hmm. did a good job. They did. Yeah. Now, it's only one guy. He only pitches every five days. So they still got work to do. But bringing this back to the Cardinals, like, why are the Cardinals not exploring opportunities like this? Because not that you could get Corbin Burns, but there's other guys out there. You just talked about the guy earlier, Dylan Cease. Yeah. Now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you more than this, though. Oh, is it? oh well, it is oh, because yeah. it is. it's cost-controlled. Young guy, like, but why did the Cardinals? Why would they not look at well, a guy, a veteran guy with maybe a year left, and maybe you overpay a little bit?
4: But what are you laughing at? <laughs> They got a veteran Why are you laughing guy laughing at me. It's Friday. They got, they I don't got, need that. They got a couple veteran you're guys laughing at me. No, I'm not. Right in, right in my face and laughing. I was you're just doing it. Right in my face. It just Harry. popped in my head. They didn't need to go trade. They went and signed some veteran guys. <laughs> you complain? Not this guy. They did. They got better oh, because
2: Milwaukee got worse. <laughs> there you go. If you're watching on the Air Alliance team heating, who and cooling, doesn't
6: understand that?
2: YouTube. They don't even have to make a move.
6: <laughs> the other team did it for These them. These
2: guys. Are putting glasses on like rose colored glasses every time they say something positive about the cardinals i hey. wish they
6: would have got a guy though jamie yeah i'm right there with you
2: i just you know what guys you I took the glasses off <laughs> they
4: need to make another move yeah they do they So, so no, I, do I, I think, never do you think it. the brewers would trade in their own division to the st louis cardinals no but when because I, I don't get, think they want to
2: get creative then why not if you're the cardinals why don't you call a team that can trade for Corbin Burns, and then you do, then the you have a trade. Right. Yeah, the three-way. Yeah, those are always the best kind. They are. They are very good. Especially, very creative. Especially if you're trying to get one over on someone who's right in your own backyard. <laughs> yes.
6: You know what I'm saying? I agree. But I just I don't think the Brewers would have looked right at the Cardinals and, and 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 wanted to do that. No, but if there's somebody else, let's say the Yankees. This, any team, pick it. Pick an
2: American League team. I don't care who. The Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the the Cardinals, Mo picks up the phone, calls a blue jay, say, hey, listen, here's the deal. We'll trade you. We want Corbin Burns. They won't talk to us. They've got us, they've got me blocked. Mm-hmm. They won't even answer my Snapchats. Okay. Mm-hmm. And but you are going to make a trade with them. Here's what we're going to give you, and we'll add a little something for you to broker the deal. And then when you get them, we're going to trade you back. Basically, what you traded, we'll trade you back from our organization with a little something A little something extra in there for you, too.
6: What's stopping the Blue Jays, though, from being like, man, that guy's a He's a pretty good pitcher. I think we should just hold on well, to you him. Know, obviously you
2: obviously have to have relationships at that point.
6: For sure. You know, you, you wouldn't go doing that with somebody
2: who's going to screw you over. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that Mo has people in Major League Baseball. Because if the hockey world, if I was right now, if I was GM of the Blues, mm-hmm. I could call almost half the league, maybe more, and broker a deal like that because of the relationships that I have. Right. You can't tell me Mo doesn't have the same pole. There's no way. You know?
6: I, I think he,
2: yeah, I think he does. He, he has to he, just because we don't like him, or not even just that, just because the fan base doesn't like him all the time, doesn't mean that people in the baseball world don't respect him. There's a big difference there.
6: I just I think they they don't want to part ways with their young talent, and that's why I believe. Like, who do you think would who do you think would get more? Like, who would who? Which pitcher would get more? Cease or or Burns? Burns. I mean, Dylan Seas gets way more. Because of the term?
2: Well, yeah, he's younger. He's mm-hmm. cost control for, like, another year or two. And,
4: like, yes, absolutely. But if you're the Cardinals, could you look at what Baltimore what Baltimore just gave up for Cor- Corbin Burns? And that, be your, that should be your baseline, your starting yeah, point.
2: If I'm John Moselock, I'm on the phone this uh, right afternoon hey. finding pitchers like Corbin Burns or mm-hmm. close to it and offering him, you know, my sixth-best prospect at shortstop. Like, what? Yes. So, the, what?
6: yeah. The way that you're looking at it, you're not necessarily saying, like, oh, we should get Corbin Burns, but now that the deal has been made, now you can look and see, okay, this is what they got. Let's see if we can be creative here and then bolster our 100%. starting rotation. I, I Bingo. Yeah. That's
2: exactly what I'm saying, is take the blueprint for what the Orioles just did and find your Corbin Burns with a similar deal. Because now that's kind of set the market. So if yes. whatever team it is has the pitcher, they go, "Oh no, we know." Well, look at Corbin Burns just got this, and we're giving you even just a little bit more. I just don't know. I feel like there's mm-hmm. there's got to be a deal that, out there that, to be had. Dylan Cease
4: is only a year younger than Corbin Burns. He's not.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's that, got team control, I think. Well, that I may think be that's part the big of it. Thing. Yeah,
4: but it, it, at the end of the day, I would be. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's that difficult. Yeah. But but we are assuming that the Cardinals, that organization feels we feel that they need an ace. Yeah, they might be like we don't need. Anybody. They may not feel yeah. that they need to go get an ace. That's so scary while scary. we're
6: sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> Need to. They just got Middleton. He's going to bolster the bullpen. Kittridge. Half of Kittridge, who was on the opening drive today. The reason why they were so bad last year was because the bullpen blew a ton of games. And now that we got the bullpen shored up, you know, it's going to be a better team. (laughs) There you go. We'll take these glasses off now.
2: (laughs) What do you think? You guys just made me puke. I would love
6: another starter. I really would.
2: I can't handle you guys. All right, we're done here. It's a fast lane, a 101 ESPN.
6: We're right back to the Fast Lane
1: Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals.
6: Welcome back to the Fastline here on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Carrie Davis. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, we got a text earlier today, a sad one, from the 314. Damn, Carl Weathers died. That's a kick in the nuts for the weekend. Anyone that takes on Predator, boxes commies, and was a pro golfer is all right (laughs) in my book, deserves a shout-out.
2: Yeah. So Carl Weathers, for Mm -hmm. anyone who doesn't know for whatever reason is the uh, is the guy the actor who played Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies and he's in so many other movies he was Chubs Peterson in Happy Gilmore and he was in Predator mm-hmm. uh Action Jackson yeah. this uh, feature film of his yeah. he started out he's a
4: pro football yes, player yes he was the Raiders started yeah. out his career then went to the Canadian Canadian Football League uh just it, it's good it is hard man you know you you get older people pass away Carl Weathers will always be remembered. And I I mean Apollo Creed, definitely mm-hmm. my favorite character. It's unbelievable the job he did. And yeah. you know, I I watched
2: a behind the scenes thing on Rocky mm-hmm. a number of years ago. And I mean, he was just perfect yeah. for that role. Yep. And they talked to like former teammates and they're like, he was fun, but he wasn't like outgoing. Yeah. He, was, he wasn't like. And then so to see him create this character. Yeah. And come in and be like this Apollo Creed, larger than life. Like, what is Rocky without the
4: Apollo Creed oh, character? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, you you have to have that 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 person that that yeah. you kind of who started as an antagonist, a guy that you were trying to beat, but then became best friends, and then you know, not this is not a spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Rocky Four, shame oh, on you. Oh no, don't go there. Yeah, he passes oh, away. Oh, man, come
2: yeah, on, come
4: on. This <sighs> happening in like eighty something, right? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, then you gotta fight for your brother yeah. in Russia. Like now we got Creed. Now you got the, yes. you got the sequels. Those yes. movies are great. They're they actually are. really good too. Yeah. Very, so, very, very nice. Sad very good.
2: day for all of us, whether it's the movie world, the sports world, anything at all, Carl Weathers, you will be very missed. Yes. yes.
6: Guys, it is the All-Star Break in the NHL, and Robert Thomas is representing your St. Louis Blues, and he will be on Team McDavid. How about Connor McDavid choosing Robert Thomas? I'm excited to see hopefully those two are on a line. I would love to see that.
2: Yeah, who wouldn't want to be with McJesus? <laughs> <laughs> Robert Thomas, you could see he had that little crap-eaten grin when he picked when McDavid says his name. He's like,
3: shit. This is going to be fun. And
2: oh, by the way, you got Dreisaitl, too. Oh, Boy, him up. Th- this might be a lot of fun. I, I, I think it's going to be a, a good time for Robert Thomas. He's from the Toronto area, so he's going to have a whole bunch of friends and family and whatnot at the game, and it is quite the experience, especially when it's in a place like Toronto, because the whole hockey world descends upon mm-hmm. that area. And, you know, TNT cast is there. So many alumni players are there. It's um, It's probably fun and overwhelming at the same time for Robert Thomas, but... Hey, I think enjoy the moment. It's, it's not a very serious game. Enjoy the moment. Show off your skills. Have fun with the guys that you're playing with.
6: Well, speaking of the uh, All-Star game and the festivities, it looked like Michael Buble <laughs> was having himself a good time. Is it? He uh, literally said in a post game, or not even post game, but the the press conference, post draft, post draft <laughs> that he was on mushrooms or microdosing on shrooms. He
2: said ah. his buddy told him he was microdosing, or he's like, and he's like, nah, uh uh-uh. he, he he said it wrong, and you know, I was on mushrooms, on high as a kite out there. <laughs> <laughs> and he was. I was like, why? Like, I've seen so many things where Michael Buble like is you know being interviewed or just mm-hmm. talking and whatnot. And he's a very nice guy. He's, he's a, a huge, big
6: Canucks fan.
2: Huge Canucks fan. Um, he has a hockey rink at his house. He's only There's two guys in Vancouver that have a hockey rink that I know of. Mm-hmm. It's Chad Kroger from Nickelback. Mm-hmm. I skated on that rink okay. with those guys. That was kind of fun. And Michael Buble. So he's a huge hockey guy. Um, but uh, yeah, he was certainly very talkative and having a real good time <laughs> last night.
6: <laughs> well, I'm sure he's excited that the NHL and their players will be participating in the 2026 and 2030 Winter Olympics. You alluded to that in the Armstrong interview. This is super exciting. The NHL also has their four nations face off uh, coming up here as well. And those uh, countries will be Canada, Finland, Sweden, and the United States. So what do you guys think about the Olympics and this four nations face off starting in 2025?
2: Well, here's what happened. I'll just let you guys in on something, is the NHL wanted their Four Nations. They wanted this little thing. You know why, Kerry? Why? Makes money. Yeah, well, of course. Right? Makes money. And so then the Players Association said, okay, we'll do this little Four Nations thing that you want to do. Our players want to participate in the Olympics again. Hmm. So if you want your Four Nations or your World Cup of Hockey or whatever the heck you guys want to sell for major sponsorship, our guys are going back to the Olympics. And the NHL said, "Okay, deal." <laughs> so there we go. What the the good news about it is, hockey fans get more hockey of yeah. best on
4: best. Any because it's during the season, correct? Yeah. Is there any concern about injuries Always. taking place? Always.
2: John Devaris went to the Olympics. What f- I don't know, four or five years ago, six years ago now, depending mm. on when the last mm-hmm. Olympics wasn't. I think he blew out his knee or broke his leg or something crazy how
4: like much that? of a concern is that for the team what's well, huge concern that, that where their guys are going over this there. is why they
2: kind of backed away for a couple reasons one they they had a huge battle with the IIHF mm-hmm. so and the IOC of getting actual footage and stuff they weren't allowed to they weren't allowed to monetize anything really? from the Olympics that so that got renegotiated right. because the NHL players draw a lot of eyeballs to those mm-hmm. Olympics. Um, so you know, obviously there's there's all of that tied into it, but yeah, the, there's a major concern that the players end up going over there and getting hurt. It, it just is what it is. So the teams take out insurance policies from a financial standpoint. The team can watch its own back with right. extra insurance, that they, but from a player standpoint, yeah. you don't just you don't replace an Correct. Olympian.
6: Correct. The thing about the Olympics, though, which I was super bothered that the NHL wasn't a part of, like, the Olympics are the best players in the world, the best athletes in the world. Mm-hmm. How can you say that when you have amateurs playing? They need The well, NHL yeah. needs to be in the Olympics, well, and I'm glad they're back. The
2: problem that you had for a lot of years is that Canada and the United States wouldn't have they would have amateurs there while russian players Mm. were professional Mm. hockey players in russia yeah finnish professional (laughs) like they're all playing pro hockey players yeah and canada united states were still in the mix you know
6: well that's what made the 1980 miracle on ice team such a big thing because of that
2: yeah 100 percent. and so it is fun to see best on best i tell you what man it's going to be wild to see the rosters of some of these teams, especially Canada and the United States. Marsha, you and I started playing around with the United States roster, and it's mm-hmm. just like, oh my god! Just think about this for your first couple of guys. You've got Austin Matthews, Matthew Kachuk, Brady Kachuk, Clayton Keller. Where do you go? And then you got Kale or uh, Quinn Hughes, Jack Hughes. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty dude, good. It's going to be wild.
6: <laughs> Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, Connor Hellebuck. That's your goaltender. I mean, they have a lot of Kale McCarr. Well, oh, no, he's from Canada.
2: Yeah, don't you try to steal. I know I'm trying guy. to steal him. He went to he went to he went to school in the United
6: States, Jamie. Yeah, he's an American. He, he took citizen. your education and ran. Yeah. By the way, we get a text from the three one four. Thank you, CD. I had not seen Rocky four and was going to watch it tonight. Well, I do apologize. It, it was came out in 1985.
4: I hey, thought I was safe. Sometimes you just don't get around to it, you know. It had 40 years, man.
6: <laughs> hey, people are busy. They got jobs. They Clearly. got stuff going on. Come on. <laughs> Mm-mm. Well, that's all we got for What's Trending, That's Jamie. it, Marcy? Oh. All right. Well, I mean, okay. Oh, we, we have go- one more thing okay. we can yeah, get I knew to. We had Come on, buddy. All right, so Jim Harbaugh. Oh, yeah. He's interested in Saquon Barkley. Mm. Quote, he wants to run the football, and he wants to use those guys down the field with play action. Saquon Barkley with Justin Herbert. Ooh. Watch out, Kansas City. Watch out, Anthony.
4: Yeah, that's a good pick. I mean, if, they, if Saquon obviously had some some contract disputes last season where he wanted to be paid, they franchised him. They ended up giving him something, but not what he was looking for. Um, if you can get uh, Saquon Barkley... I mean, I, uh, yes. Do you like that? Do you like that Harbaugh is already
2: talking about like what direction he's going in?
4: Yeah, I, I do. Like, I, I think... feel like
2: he took that job knowing he has one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. And how do I maximize
4: him? I agree. And and running the football is what they did really well. Frank Gore ran the football no, a lot when he was coaching in San Fran. Yeah. And so if you get a running back that can can do some of those things, catch the ball out of backfield, pass pro. That really eliminates some of the issues. Austin Eckler was really good the year before um, in 2022. Last year he had had an off-season new offensive coordinator. Just didn't fit well in what they were doing. You get a Saquon Barkley who you can run between the tackles and really run downhill. And you got those guys on the outside. Yeah. We'll see how they well, – Well, Harbaugh said
2: Eckler aren't going anywhere either.
4: I mean, you keep them around. He, him around. But if Saquon Barkley is there – He's going to be a part of our team. If Saquon Barkley is there, he's starting. I don't doubt <laughs> it, but
2: I also don't mind two running backs yeah. that are hungry as hell to get I the agree. ball. I agree. You know, maybe get the best out of those guys. Those running backs, you got to watch them. You got to give them the ball. <laughs>
4: Eat them. All
2: right, that was What's Trending. Okay, coming up next here. Um, th- we talked about We talked about this briefly earlier. Corbin Burns traded from the Brewers to the Orioles. Mm -hmm. There's still a pitcher out there, unsigned. Oh, yeah. Unsigned. Blake Snell.
4: That's what I said. He
2: he, said no. Maybe Uh. it's him. (laughs) Maybe it's Monty. Maybe it's someone else. Yeah. We're going to talk about that next here on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Here on 101 ESPN. All right. Corbin Burns has been moved to the Orioles. There are uh, s- some free agent arms that are still out there that are aces. Yes. There was one that was on a show called Valuetainment, talking about what it would cost to sign this player. And the price seems to be right for the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's hear what this player had to say. I've always wanted to make the game better, leave it in a better spot than I found it. I think I've
6: accomplished a small part of that on the training side, but I have another, you talk about decade runs, you know, I have another decade run in me to to help in a lot of other ways.
2: Um, I'd love the opportunity to to be able to do that. Okay. He also went on to say that he would play for league minimum Hmm. with bonus incentives.
4: That's... Nice.
2: Marshy, what's league minimum? Was it like 480 or something now? I think they renegotiated that. I mean, I. Well, that's (laughs) where. I'll look it up. This is where you're supposed to type it into that Google (laughs) thing. So, if you could find a pitcher who is an ace, willing to play for league minimum with bonus incentives $720,000. Okay, that seems like a pretty good deal.
6: I'd take it. I would take it, too.
2: Kerry, would you take that? Yeah? For me, yeah, right now, yeah. Sign me up, right? I'll go throw a ball. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. I'll that make player videos. is Trevor Bauer. <clears>
6: hmm.
2: <throat> now, how do you feel?
4: How do I feel, or how well, do the Cardinals no, no. feel?
2: This is about our own personal opinion, because I already know. I think I already know where the Cardinals are headed. Your own personal opinion, 720000 for a guy that was an ace that finished off last year like an ace, even though it was in Japan.
3: Mm.
4: Hasn't pitched in the majors in two years no, since 21. No, but he's pitched. Hadn't pitched in the majors since I 21. know, but he's still pitched. His he's stuff pitching. was still unbelievable last year. He's 32 now? 33? 33 years old. Uh, he got to lose. Well, well, it's hard for me to answer that, Jamie. 'cause I don't have a baseball team to put them on. So, I'm going to have to answer it as my uh, oh, Cardinals affiliate. Boy. Here we go. The
2: the rose-colored glasses. Here's
4: what we do in Cardinal Land. No, we're not going to do it. We don't want to do it. We don't think that that's viable for our team. We are, we have an organization here, uh, Randy, <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> Randy. We have an organization here. We're going to stand by the principles and the morals of our organization in no way in hell. Okay? Hmm. Now. So, Cardinals, just I,
2: if Jared I can Davis. ask you a question oh, oh. to the Cardinals okay. um, What charges were laid on this guy?
4: Uh, charges, smarges, right? Yeah. How much money has he paid out in the Money, money. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> charges, charges. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, you know. Yeah, I know the allegations are terrible. What? They are, what the nothing. Allegations. Nothing the... was proven. We get that, but I think the 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 understanding of our fan base mm-hmm. means more than any of that. Okay. There you go. That,
2: that's your opinion. I disagree. And I'm going to just put my own glasses on because I have our hard time seeing. <laughs> but I don't see the downside to it. And hear me out. I don't either. Okay, you got a player for seven hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Okay, if he comes here and in the first week or the first two weeks or the first month, Mm -hmm. you see that he is not meshing well with the team. Hey, the agreement you guys had about his behavior away from the field or away from the clubhouse is not what you DFA him. You have wasted seven hundred and seventy five thousand in worse ways as the St. Louis Cardinals.
4: But the, the, the issue that I believe that most major league teams are dealing with is the perception. I know. In the court of public opinion. How many
2: players are on active rosters in the NFL, in the NBA, in the NHL? Now we've got the NHL has its own problems going on mm-hmm. right now on active rosters,
4: having done things where they were charged. I, yeah. And I. So why I, why is this different? I don't think it's different. But I just think well, it's different because they are active on the active roster now. I know, but and, and why
2: did they not get suspended for life? Why why are they not black marked? I don't disagree with this. There's you, some them where it's been domestic violence yeah. to where people have been hurt. Yeah. Physi- like actually done like against their will. Yeah. Not, hey, I wanna do this with you and then I'm gonna complain about it later and try to charge you
4: with it. Yeah. I, I don't I don't disagree. I just don't think the Cardinals would feel comfortable signing a player with those allegations despite none of them not being the charged right now yeah well, that it's who, about who else is, think. who else is going to sign them i know but it, there's it's a lot a, of things and and for me and so i'm i am a a proponent for if you do something physical harm physical violence against a woman you definitely and it's proved that you did it go to prison go to yeah, jail absolutely. fine whatever the case is absolutely. but i also feel like if you are that person that makes those allegations and they aren't true you should be facing the same similar punishments. I do believe that. I, I think it's it's unfair and unfortunate that a person's conti- uh, a co- life can be, you know, thrown away because of an allegation 100%. that was not found to be true. He or also accurate. filed a
2: countersuit. Yeah, in civil court, which he won for a dollar because he knew she couldn't afford to spend the millions of dollars. Like he was never going to see his money anyway. Yeah, he did it on purpose so that he could basically tried right to wrong mm-hmm. on this. But we don't see that. We don't get to see that. Right. And I, I don't have all the details of his everyday life. Maybe he's an absolute scumbag. But again, if that's the case, then you just DFA him. I agree. But what if he comes in here, his second chance at Major League Baseball, he shows you he's got ace stuff, and he goes out there and shoves for the entire season. And you got him for
6: 775000 You did a great, great job. I think it I think I think it's counterproductive to what they're trying to build They're trying to get that culture back and I'm not just speaking for them um, with the with the glasses on. I'll keep the glasses off but I just think it's counterproductive to bring in a guy like that when you're trying to build your culture back to the cardinal way or whatever they're trying to do. I just feel like it's counterproductive and it just doesn't it doesn't vibe or mesh well with with what they're trying to do it could could he be a great pitcher maybe he could I don't know I don't know if they're they're clearly not willing to to risk whatever he has you know they're not willing to do that so hey from an
2: organization standpoint I understand it yeah sure I do there's a fork in the road with that decision it's either going to be you know you win games or you lose your fans right and maybe both. Maybe you win games and lose your fans. It is a difficult decision.
4: What if you lose games? What if he's not good? Then you DFA him,
2: Kerry. This is what I'm saying. That amount of money, it doesn't matter.
4: But, but you, you, gave, you gave your organization a, a blemish that it didn't necessarily need for somebody you totally that may not yourself when
2: you have done him. great. Because then you come out and you spin it and you go, you know what? We realized it wasn't. We thought that there was a chance here to get a really good ball player. It didn't work out that way. And here in Cardinal Nation, we just decided it was time to change
4: it. I don't disagree. I feel like, you know, first of all, you should be given another opportunity. But once the allegations are put out there, once the court of public opinion believes something about you, it's hard to shift that narrative. And I think that's the position that he's in right now.
2: I agree, and, and you know, and it's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah, and, and it just—it's a weird thing. I—I I just, for me, if I'm really trying to win, I kick the tires on every possible scenario, and I would have kicked the tires on this one.
6: They already have five starting pitchers. Uh, no, they've got six. they got six. They don't need one. <laughs> <It's> six starters. <laughs> they go don't great. need him. There
2: you go. Okay, internal competition going on here. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Good job,
4: Marshy. All
6: right. Just let's... get in and win, <laughs> gentlemen.
4: And and so here, here's another thanks. Dad made a very good point. He says, the Cardinals don't need an ace because the Brewers just lost one. There you go. <laughs>
6: we got better. Mm. That's a great point, Kerry. You <laughs> didn't even a... need the glasses I, I for that like one. I don't like that one
4: at
2: all. <laughs> all right. It's time for the gauntlet. We need a contestant. So text the word gauntlet to 314-399-9646, the Air Comfort Service text line. Gauntlet next.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers On 101 ESPN Four warriors Four categories, one challenger Can you master the gauntlet? The gauntlet is
9: powered by Master Your hometown source for business communications For more than 30 years Visit Mastor.com.
2: Welcome back here to Fast Lane. It's 4.03, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. It's time for the Gauntlet. We've got Andrew on the line. Andrew, how we doing, bud? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're good, man. We're looking forward to the weekend. How about yourself?
9: Oh, yeah. Weekends are the best. Nice.
2: Nice. All right. So have you played? Have you been in the Gauntlet before? I have about a year ago. Okay. All right. So you know how this rolls then. Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so you're going to pick your opponent. You can go ahead and do that now. That's either Marshy, Carrie Davis, or myself.
9: You know, Marshy beat me a year ago, so I need to get some revenge. Ooh. So I'm going to pick him. Oh, it's a revenge game. Battle the of the kind All right.
2: <laughs> All right, so before Marshy bolts out of here for the Cone of Silence, tell Marshy to spin that wheel. Spin the wheel, Marshy. All right Andrew when you lost to Marshy last time what was the category do you remember? Oh uh, it was hockey. Okay mm. all right. So if you want to
4: avoid that right? You would
2: you like to avoid that or would you do you want that again?
9: Uh, I would take hockey or baseball. I think those are my two best ones. All right
2: buddy. Well I got good news for you. It's hockey. Perfect. Yeah we got hockey so Here's how it rolls. As you know, we'll go over the rules real quick. Each question is worth two points. If you use the options and you answer those questions correctly, it's worth one point. Of course, if you get it wrong, you get no points. Andrew, you good to go? Yeah, let's do this. All right, buddy, here we go. Again, the category hockey, question one. Robert Thomas will represent the note in this Saturday's NHL All-Star Game. Last year, Vladimir Tarasenko had the honor. Where was the 2023 NHL All-Star Game played?
9: Florida, final answer. All right.
4: Number two, the Edmonton Oilers have won 16 consecutive games, but who has the longest win streak in NHL
9: history? I think it was the Detroit Red Wings final answer
2: all right Andrew we're on to question three St. Louis forward Kevin Hayes played his college hockey where Uh, I'll need the options please all right was it Boston College Michigan or Minnesota
9: Boston, Michigan, or Minnesota. Correct. Uh, I'll go with Boston. Final answer.
4: All right, final question. Wednesday night. Columbus defeated the Blues one zero downtown. Named the Blue Jackets all-time leader in goals with eight ooh, with two hundred and eighty-nine.
9: Rick Nash, final answer.
2: Alright, alright. Let's get Let's get the other Andrew back in here from the Cone of Silence. Andrew, how do you feel about
9: things? Uh, Not too bad. Some of those, I feel like I may have gotten like the second longest winning streak or the second goal scored in franchise history. So uh, I think I'm in the ballpark. I just don't know if I actually got the right one. All right. Well, Marshy's plugged back
2: in here, so we won't give him any more information. Uh Marshy how's the cone of silence I see you and Mike Ryder really have animated conversation in there.
6: Yeah, it was good. It was listening to Tuesday's gone by Leonard Skinnerd. Nice. In remembrance of uh Chubs. Mm.
2: Yeah, Chubbs Peterson. Never forget. Well, Marshy. Oh
6: well, Marshy. I-, I hate to be the one to
2: tell you this. Yeah, go mm. ahead. Pack a lunch, buddy. All right. Pack a lunch. So we got how we, we got Andrew and we'll have Marshy. That's how yeah. we'll do we'll, we'll, I thought about that. Anyway. Yeah. Make sure we. Okay. Marshy category. <laughs> Hockey. Okay. Question number one: Robert Thomas will represent the Note. Can you tell that Bradford made these questions? By the way,
6: <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. Bradford heard them.
2: always calls him the Note.
6: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Again, Robert Thomas will represent the Note in this Saturday's NHL All Star Game. Last year, Vladimir Tarasenko had the honor. Where was the 2023 NHL All Star Game played?
8: Oh man.
6: Um. Crap. Where was it played? Was it in LA or was that a few years ago? Um, hmm.
0: Wow.
6: Oh, man.
2: Let's just use the options. All right? was it in Las Vegas? LA? Or Florida?
6: It was in Florida. I remember watching uh, them shoot pucks at surfboards. So it was in Florida. Final answer.
4: All right. Question number two. The Edmonton Oilers have won 16 consecutive games, but who has the longest win streak in NHL history?
6: Uh, The Pittsburgh Penguins. Final answer. Okay. Question three. Marshy
2: St. Louis forward Kevin Hayes played college hockey. Where?
6: Boston College. Final answer. Oof.
4: All right, final question. St. Louis... Oh, that's a wrong question. <laughs> Wednesday night, Columbus defeated the Blues 1-0 downtown. Name the Blue Jackets all-time leader in goals with 289. Wow.
6: I'm trying to think of the guy that was probably there the longest, but does he have 200 and how many goals? 289. and eighty-nine. Eighty-nine. Nick Foligno comes to mind. He was there for a long time. Um... I don't know anybody else that would play that long there. I'll I'll go with Nick Foligno. Final answer.
2: All right, let's go over these. Good. Yes, real good. (laughs) Question number one: Robert Thomas will present the note in this Saturday's NHL All-Star Game. Last year, Vladimir Tarasenko had the honor. Where was the 2023 NHL All-Star Game played? Andrew, you said Florida. Marshy, you said Florida. Answer is Florida. But mm-hmm. Andrew didn't need the options. Damn. Up two to one. Let's go to we Well, just run through here. Question one or question two? The Edmonton Oilers have won 16 consecutive games. But who has the longest win streak in NHL history? Andrew. Without the options, you said the Detroit Red Wings. Marshy, without the options, you said the Pittsburgh Penguins. Kerry, answer is? The Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh Penguins with mm. 17 in 1992 and 1993. Question three. St. Louis, Louis. forward. Huh? Score check? Oh, you yeah, go ahead. Score check. Three to two for Marshy. Marshy. Question three. St. Louis forward, Kevin Hayes, played college hockey Where? Andrew, you said Boston College. Marshy, you said Boston College. Answer is. Boston College. Mm-hmm. But Marshy did not need the options. Mm-hmm. So right now, what's the score? Cameron? Four to three. Four to three, Marshy. Is
6: that right? Yep. Five, 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 three, three. five, three. five three. Five three. Five three.
2: Bad man. Yeah, my apologies. I count on you for one thing. You nah,
6: went to college, Matt, and that shouldn't Matt be one too, of them. I get it. He, Matt he, he be went one to him.
4: college. I mean, I wrote come it on. down three times too, and it was still. All right. Wrong. So five three, mm, three. Marshy
6: clearly didn't go to school in Ontario like, <laughs> like you like and Army did. Oh, you want to make fun of Army? Do you?
2: Oh, okay. No, he uh, didn't. He, his fake. math
6: was off. What are you talking about?
2: All right. Final question number four. Wednesday night, Columbus defeated the Blues one nothing downtown. Name the Blue Jackets all time leader in goals with two hundred and eighty nine. Neither of you used the options. Both of you have different answers. The answer is. What? Oh, sorry. Do you want? Do you, yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. <laughs> Andrew said Rick Nash. Mm-hmm. Oh damn.
4: Marcy said Nick Foligno. Answer is. Nick Foligno is not the answer. It's Rick Nash.
2: <laughs> walk it off. We got to walk off.
6: Damn it. I forgot about Rick Nash. How did you
2: forget I about don't know. Rick Nash? I don't know.
6: I do not know. All I'm right. mad at myself for that.
2: All right, Andrew. Here's how it works, as I'm sure you know, but we'll go, go over it anyways. We will read the tiebreaker question. Do not say anything until Marshy Marsh writes down his answer. Once he writes down his answer, we'll come right to you, Andrew, and you give us your answer right away, and then we'll get a winner here today in the gauntlet. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, Carrie, I'm going to need the Illini math to help on All this right, one. All okay. right, I got it now. Yeah, All right. this could be problematic. This could be not Okay, great. question for the tiebreaker and the win. How many career assists did the great one, Wayne Gretzky, rack up over his 20-year NHL career?
6: 3,000? No, I'm kidding. Uh. <laughs> oh, wow.
3: You
6: what? gotta write it down. I'm not writing that down. I don't want to be a part of that down. club. You
2: should probably hurry up. Yeah. Alright,
6: um... Oh, that's way too many.
4: <laughs> Join the club. I
2: don't know. Okay. Marshy wrote down his
9: answer. Andrew, what's your answer? uh two
2: thousand two hundred twenty one all right we yeah we're good on that yep we do have a winner here in the gauntlet
1: and you have chosen poorly
2: you lose <laughs> marshy got you mm. marshy wrote down one thousand eight hundred and four you can show the cameras marshy because we like to keep it all real here. Well, I wrote you. down one thousand nine hundred eighty-four. What did I say? <laughs> one thousand eight hundred four. Oh, yeah. well, I'm looking at it upside down. <laughs> one thousand nine hundred eighty-four. Yeah, Nineteen eighty-four is what he wrote, and then the actual answer. One thousand nine hundred sixty-three. Marcy, <laughs> closest to the pin Good gets the win. Andrew, great job though, buddy. Really appreciate it, man.
9: Hey. My pleasure, uh, Marcia, You are once again the superior, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs>
6: hey, I appreciate all Andrews that that walk among <laughs> the St. Louis uh, community. So that was a, that was a tough one. I, I'm really I'm really uh, impressed with the Rick Nash thing. I can't believe I forgot him. Oh,
9: it was funny when I was growing up and getting into hockey. I was always watching. When I went to Blues games, they're always playing the Blue Jackets, and Rick Nash was always scoring. So I just kind of <laughs> thought, well, mm-hmm. he scored those all, all that time. Maybe he actually got the most.
6: <laughs> he also got blown up by TJ Oshi two games in a row. That was my Rick Nash highlight. <laughs> there you go. Yeah,
9: he got Oshied. He sure did. Yeah,
6: he did.
2: <laughs> all right, Andrew, job, do me a favor. Go have an awesome weekend, okay, dude. I will do. You guys too. All, all right, good right, job, Andrew. A lot. All right, Marcy Marsh with a yeah, big Marsh. victory
6: there. That's two uh, walk-offs for me yeah. in a row. You had to work for this one, baby. Yeah, that was that was a tough one.
2: Nice job, man. Proud of you. Thank you growing you. up I'm right in front of you. our eyes. Thank you. All right. You know what? Hockey was the category. We're gonna continue with hockey. And we're gonna have uh, we're gonna do our own assessment here of the blues front office. We also need four new contestants for Bet the Board. So please. Uh, text in bet the board is that what you need Marshy or bet any kind of bet to 314-399-9646 Marshy will be in touch with you and we'll figure all that out too throughout the course of the show but next more on the blues on 101 ESPN
1: we're right back to the Fast Lane podcast presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN
2: Welcome back here inside the fast lane on 101 espn we have our first bet the board contestant our guy john who's out on the we'll call it the celebrity line right now huh got some celebs in the house john how you doing bud
9: i'm doing great how you doing i'm
2: good i'm good yeah um all, all right so here's go. how it's going to work we're going to ask you real quick who you what horse you want to pick here between marshy myself Kerry Davis and Anthony Stalter. Marsha. do we give the results from last
6: month? I can. I can. You ended up winning. So uh, yeah, Kerry informed yeah. me
2: of that. So give the results so that all of our uh, contestants have <laughs> the proper analytics, Kerry, yeah, to back it yeah, up. So
6: uh, congrats to Lone Marlins fan. He is the winner because Jamie went 10-8 and eight and he won the tiebreaker last night because the New York Knicks defeated the Indiana Pacers. So, Jamie was 10 and 8, comes in first place. I came in second. I was also 10 and 8, minus the tiebreaker. Carrie, you were 8 and 10. You came in third, and Anthony was in last, 6 and 12. All right. So, John,
2: there you go. There's your
6: analytics. Uh, Who's your horse?
9: I'm going to go with Marshy. There you go.
4: That's a good choice. last time, didn't you? No, that was you. Yeah. (laughs) Marshy's taking over,
2: man. It's the Marshy Marsh show. All right, John. We'll keep you posted throughout the rest of the month here. And uh, Marshy's your guy.
6: Let's go, John. Yeah, he is. Sounds good. All Perfect. right, man.
2: Thanks a lot. Have a great weekend.
6: <laughs> All right. You too, guys.
2: Thank you very much. All right. So, John is got Marshy off the board. Let's go back to some St. Louis Blues. We talked to Doug Armstrong earlier today. Um, talked about a lot of things. But one thing that we we did touch on was... You know, the coaching change and the players and whatnot. I want to talk about the Blues front office overall, Gary. Okay. Coming, first of all, just raw. What do you think about the job the front office has done? Starting, let's go back to last year once they declared that they're going to be trading people and
4: we're in a retool. So going back to that point, I, I feel like, you know, that was the best decision that needed to be made because you knew the contracts would be expiring. You knew that those guys were probably not going to be able to be resigned. And you made a decision that you were going to go I, – I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt like last season there was a little bit of a conflict between old versus new. And when I say Tarasenko and and O'Reilly versus and versus not literally, but yeah, versus yeah. Jordan Thomas, Jordan Kyrou and Robert Thomas. And so it was kind of which direction was this team going to go in. And so you made the decision to to move those guys along so that these younger guys could have their their rightful spot on the roster and, and be the, the the face of the franchise going forward. So. I thought that was the correct decision. And now looking at it all summer long, all offseason, we heard that this was going to be a team that would be essentially where they are right now. I think they have done a really good job of getting young players acclimated into what they're doing. I think some of the young guys, Jake Neighbors, who we talked about, Matthew Kessel has done a good job. So the evaluating, the decision-making, it's still – I think it stings a lot of people that you chose to move on from Craig Berube. I think that that's still – even though the team is playing better now i think it still stings a lot of people but it's probably a decision that had to be made and so when i'm going back to i guess around this time last year i don't think the blues in their front office have done much wrong i think they've done pretty much everything that they said they would do and everything is working out in the way that it said it, that they said it would and you hope that that gives you that gives you confidence for what 24 will look like if they're not able to make a push here in this season. Yeah, so I
2: would agree. And I think that if there's some Blues fans that are upset out there about certain things that have gone on, we're not talking about going back to um, Alex Petrangelo. We're not Mm -hmm. talking about going back to other players, David Perron and things like that. We're talking about going back to last season where you just knew it wasn't going to be a playoff team and Doug Armstrong made the pivot and traded all the unrestricted free agents, got great, picks in return and started to try and retool this team right. on the fly. So that's what we're going back to. And based off of that, I'm happy too. And the biggest thing that I'm pleased with is the amount of communication that has happened. That's the best part. Between the front office and the Blues fans mm-hmm. and the media, mm-hmm. all of us. It's been very clear as to what the path was going to be for this club. I think that if there's one thing that went sideways was the firing of Craig Berube. Correct. Nobody wanted that. Right. Doug Armstrong on this very show didn't didn't want that either. This is one of the hardest things he's ever had to do. Even Craig Berube have a really good relationship. You win a the Cup with somebody, win a championship with somebody, like that relationship's a little tighter. Right. It's more difficult. So you had that big decision to make. As far as players are concerned, I'm sure people was like, well, he could have got better play He also tried to right. do that. Right. There was a no-trade clause that was used mm-hmm. by the player and mm-hmm. said, no, I'm not going to Philadelphia for whoever the player was. Sanheim was the right. guy. But Army did try to make an improvement. He did make a trade for Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes has been a solid third-liner. Mm-hmm. Has he done everything you'd like him to do? No, not yet. But that's not on Army. Right. That's on the player. On the player. <laughs> so when, when you take into consideration the way things have lined up and then you add in the development of Matthew Kessel, mm-hmm. the development of Jake Neighbors, mm-hmm. the development of Scott Perunovich, Tyler Tucker, all these kids that are done. Jimmy Snuggaroo, mm-hmm. Dalibor Dvorsky, these are draft choices. Right. When you look at the overall picture of it, I think the front office has done a pretty darn good job.
4: I I agree. I think so. We talked about this. I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before about having that future Hall of Famer, that superstar. Do they is that person in the minors? Is that person on this um, in this organization somewhere? Or is that still a need or a requirement for this team to potentially have the, the longevity of runs and be a championship caliber team? What was that? I missed the first
2: part. I <laughs> the, was reading the... the text. My bad. I'm gonna be does honest this, with you. I, was the, I
4: appreciate it. Yeah. The, we talked about having future Hall of Famers yeah. on a roster. Does this team, does this organization have that down the pipeline, or do they still need to go out and find that future Hall of Famer, superstar type of player? You might have it. Okay. You might
2: like what. What. What does it look like ultimately for Robert Thomas? Right. For me, that would be the one. He's the lead dog mm-hmm. in this because I mean, you look at the rest of the club, you're like. Maybe a Jordan Bennington if you squint, if he gets another Stanley Cup or a right. Vesna. Um, and maybe it's maybe too it's much. Is it a Snuggler. requirement? I don't think it is. Okay. Like, I, I don't think it is if you have a good team. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can have a solid team and you go back to 2019 and the only guy I think you could say is a Hall of Famer off of the 2019 team was Alex Petrangelo. Right. And, and even that is going to be one where we'll see. Now right. that he's got a second cup, it certainly helps him. Right. Um, but it's not like your your lineup was littered with Hall of Fame type guys, so I, I don't think it's a requirement. It's a nice luxury, right. that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I, so I think that I think that if nothing else, there's been a plan, and Army has been executing the plan. Where you get sideways is when you don't necessarily have a plan, or you do have a plan, but then your actions are different than what the plan yeah. is,
4: or you get sidetracked because of the the outside noise. I think. Army strikes me as a type of person, and I, I think Mo would be this way as well. They have a plan, and they stick to it. Now, most people don't like Mo's plan. They think it's frugal and, and not the way that you should be going about business if you're the St. Louis Cardinals. But Army, I think people generally like his plan and how he's implemented it and how this team is going. We're just, we're, we're greedy. We want to win more yeah. than we want to lose. And that's just what that boils down to. But at the end of the day, if everything you have said is in line with everything that has taken place, where are the complaints coming from? Because this is what you were told. All you got to mm-hmm. do is listen. Listen more than you talk. You got two ears one mouth. You listen twice as much as you talk. So that is what they have said. That is what they have done. If they are fortunate enough to make it into the playoffs, anything could happen but where they are right now is what they expect it to be yeah
2: so that's the big thing for me if they make the playoffs this year that's fantastic Mm -hmm. it really is and then you're looking at some of the young guys of next two to three years the Blues could be in the conversation in four or five years of being one of those teams so who knows we'll see I like it so far uh, and, and a lot of this ultimately falls on the players shoulders So we'll see what they have to say about everything, too, with the way they play coming back from the All-Star break. All right, there's a lot of debate in baseball. I mean, not a debate, a lot of talk about launch angle and all this stuff, lift and separate. What happens when one of the greatest hitters to ever play Major League Baseball has a slightly different point of view? Should that change our opinion at all? Probably. We'll find out next here who that player was and what he had to say on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Fast lane here on 101 ESPN. Time to go out to the celebrity line for our second bet the board contestant and we've got Patrick with us today. Patrick, how you doing, man?
0: Uh great, sir. How you doing today?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Don't call me sir. Uh, <laughs>
8: okay, so you're a ho- so you're a hockey player, huh?
2: That's right. There you go, baby. <laughs> well, you're going to give
9: that you're going to get that stuff up and concentrate on golf.
2: <laughs> In honor of Chubb <laughs> Peterson. Indeed. Well played. Well played, Love Patrick. It. All right, buddy. Marshy's yeah. off the board. Uh, and we've got Carrie, Anthony, and myself left to choose from. Who are you picking today?
8: Uh, let's go with KD.
4: Oh. CD. CD. That's all right. CD, I'm sorry. Badger, I'm no crying. problem. I'm sorry. I like KD better. I've been called Carrie okay. with a K. I've yeah. been called Casey, Corey. Yeah. You called me Corey a couple of days ago. It's cool. But I called you that Jim because that was – Anthony's fault,
2: yeah, And you were guilty by association. I don't blame what you. happens. It happens. If you're with the wrong guy, you get punched <laughs> in the face, too. You know how that happens, right? You <laughs> gotta Can hang he? out with the right people. That's right. Yeah, Patrick, you make a good point, doors?
6: Randy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah,
2: laughs> yeah, I did call me Randy, Randy, Randy earlier. earlier. <laughs> I'm not even close. I just look, I'm so <laughs> looking to the left, and uh, I do man.
4: Oh, we have Randy. Jamie. We have Randy. <laughs> Unbelievable. This is Anthony Coles. Uh, he does call me Jamie all the time. He does? Whenever you're not here, you're like, yeah, yeah Jamie. I'm like, yeah, because we definitely favor. <laughs> you're a handsome dog. All right, thank you. Yeah. You and I.
2: All right, Patrick. You got uh, you got, uh KD, CD, whatever you need. <laughs> Patrick, let's do all it. Right, I got you. All right, have a great weekend, Patrick. All right, guys. Let's go to our happy place. You got it, man. <laughs> I'm with you.
3: All right, see ya.
2: All right, so... We've teased this a couple of times here. Now, Don Mattingly, not only one of the best hitters in the game, he's also a hell of a manager. He's had great success post-career as well. And he got into a discussion regarding launch angle. And everybody talks about lift and separate, launch angle, all these crazy terms. I like to hear it from the guys who did it the best. Mm. Let's hear from Don Mattingly regarding launch angle. The pitch is there and you hit it with the, with the proper technique. It's going out of the ballpark. Uh, I don't believe in practicing launch angle because I think that lengthens your swing. And we're seeing a change in the game now.
8: Guys talking about launch angle, pitchers are throwing the ball up. And, and now that's, there's going to be a weapon of up there, up there, uh, until guys will make that adjustment, either leaving that alone. But I, I believe in, like, there, there's a difference in practicing launch angle and
6: trying to get the ball in the air, right? If I'm hitting line drives in BP at 60 miles an hour, that may relate to getting the ball in the air at 95, because if you're trying to get the ball in the air
2: at 95 you're, or at 60, you're lengthening your swing and batting practice. And now
4: when you get to the game at 95, you're not catching up with that.
2: It's pretty good stuff right there.
4: Listen, I never played baseball a day in my life. Not, not ever? Not, well, no, And growing up, not professionally. I'm not, I, I know, I, I, not yet. I still, <laughs> I throw this first pitch out there. They may sign <laughs> me go. for an opening day start. I don't know. But here's the thing I've heard, now I've heard Don Mattingly say it. I've heard Alex Rodriguez, and I've heard Albert Pujol say it. Now, I had to look up the career stats of Alex Rodriguez and Albert Pujol. I don't know if you've ever heard of these two guys. They, 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 I, maybe. They, so between them, yeah, I was doing the numbers, because I, I I've, like these guys sound like they know what they're talking about. They've hit thir- 1,399 home runs just between those Ooh. two guys. And I heard both of those guys say the same thing as well. You don't try to launch angle or drive the ball. You just drive the ball. You don't try to have a launch angle to hit home runs. They are top five in home runs all time. I'm going to listen to those guys instead of a guy that brings me a sheet. Well, your launch angle is at 35% and we need it at 20%. What the hell are you talking about? How many have you hit? Get the hell out of my face with that paper. That's how I feel. (laughs) And when you hear professional athletes saying that, it makes more sense. Jordan Walker got sent down to the minors last year because of what?
2: Well, they said he wasn't
4: lifting. His 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 launch angle wasn't good enough. But if the greatest players to ever hit home runs say it doesn't matter, then why would I need to listen? And you know what? To Jordan Walker's credit, which I respected more than anything, they asked him, well, what have you been working on? Nothin', nothing, doing what yeah, I've what been doing. Yeah, would you change? Nothing. nothing. <laughs> Get the hell out of my face with that paper is basically yeah. what he said. So... I think maybe you will see a shift in in, in mindset and philosophy. But for me, I'm going to talk to the people that have done it. I I say this all the time. If I want to be a doctor, I don't talk to my mechanic. And that's no offense to anybody that works on cars. But when I want to become a mechanic, I go talk to the mechanic. I want to learn from people that are doing or have done the job that you are asking me to do. Yeah. So,
3: yeah.
2: So uh, listening to so many baseball players, including Don Mattingly just today, but we have Matt Holliday on all the time throughout the season, and I, I would say that Matt Holliday was a pretty darn good hitter, to say the least, okay? Yes. He also talks about driving through the ball. He didn't talk about lifting and separate. He doesn't talk about trying to jack home runs and all this stuff. He talks about making good contact with the right part of the bat and driving through the ball.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Tony Gwynn. Pretty good baseball player, he had right? A lot of hits. Yeah, he had a lot of hits too. But he says the same thing. And he wasn't a power guy. Mm-mm. Okay. But he the the common denominator is their approach to hitting. About how they keep their eye on the ball, how they shift their body weight, how they drive through, how they get the barrel through the strike zone for the longest amount of time, all this stuff. And so I, I think that I think the launch angle can be a product of. Of the process, mm-hmm. meaning that if you're swinging it the right way, and again, I've never taken a major league at bat. Don't, I'm not a hitting coach. Don't claim to be at all. But listening to all these people, to me, it's it's about the technique. It's like if you watch a golfer, and a guy tries to come out of his shoes on every, <laughs> how, he hits one really straight down the fairway out of 10. If mm-hmm. you watched a guy who has a nice swing and lets the club do the work, as proper weight transfer, all of a sudden you're like and you're like, how the hell does he hit it so far Sounds and different. straight? It's to me, it's the same concept. I know that the swings aren't the same, but the concept of how to making sure you have the right swing. So it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves over the next couple of years because you know, there's so many people that are focused on this. Uh, we'll see if the the old guard starts to open up the eyes of the new
4: guard. That's when I when I talk about analytics. Those are the analytic numbers that drive me crazy. Like the, the you're 28 percent or whatever the percentage is. It's not. It needs to be at 22. Man, make contact. Talk to some of the people that have done mm-hmm. it. You you made it to the to the major leagues, having success doing the things that you have already done. I. No offense to any of those guys and gals that work in the analytics department, that crunch numbers and and do all of the work that is required to, to run and help run a franchise. If they ain't never picked up a bat to swing it in a major league, stay in a professional stadium, in a professional setting, I don't care. Against a professional Against pitcher. Against a professional <laughs> pitcher. I don't care. Yeah. I just don't. I'm with you,
2: man. It's going to be fun to watch, and we'll see, again, we'll see what happens, but it's always a great discussion when it comes to hitting the old school versus the new school versus what should work, what doesn't work, all that stuff. So lots of fun to talk about. What also is lots of fun to talk about is the sports six-pack, so please text your questions to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-3999-646 or jump on to the air alliance team heating and cooling youtube channel where we've got the snake pit that's always active marshy loves to peruse the snake pit so if you have a question you can drop it in there as well because the six-pack coming up next on 101
1: espn we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by Dom's tire and auto centers on 101 espn
9: I have a question.
1: It's time for the Fastlane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately.
9: asking me all these weird questions.
1: Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six-Pack is now.
2: All right, it's the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Time for our
6: six-pack. Question number one. All right gentlemen, today is groundhog's day. Mm-hmm. So what I got a question it? for you. Puxitani Phil, mm-hmm. I believe he did see his shadow or he did not? I don't know. Either Apparently way, spring's think, coming. Yeah, oh, so wow. I don't know the difference between the two whatever. But anyways, if you could relive a day, now I'm thinking of groundhog's day. With Bill Murray, <gasps> Bill Blanken Murray. Yeah. If you could relive a day in your life, wow. which day would it be? Oh,
2: that's crazy. That's tough. I don't know if I can answer that because it's, it's CD. You got kids, right? Yeah. So you're like, uh, okay, relive a day like the birth of my first child. But then the other three are like, you what about hey,
4: We're gonna deal with that all the time. Who do you? Um, who's your favorite?
2: How about we? How about we say if we could relive a day, non-family related? Okay. What do you think about that, Marshy? That sounds great to me. Yeah. For me, I want.
4: Geez, that one should be really hard. <laughs> it, it was actually yesterday, uh, 2009. Hmm, how many years that was? Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. That was a hell of a day. We had an after party with Snoop Dogg. It was man. Listen you get that championship. That was that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like just the entire day and then afterwards and then, you know, a few days later you had the the parade. I had, I got a video that I I don't know, I found it a few years back of us on the float on top of the cars going down one of the streets in Pittsburgh. It was just, man, it was a great time. I don't remember any of it. Uh-huh. No, it's just it's a blur but for me that would be it that's awesome it's man. a special day but what about you
6: uh, i'd probably pick a, a a sports day too um winning the Pee week quebec no i don't know if i'd pick no? that i don't okay. even remember that day to be honest <laughs> wow. um you're kinda young it was for so that so long ago oh, okay. by the way good luck to to the the team that's playing this year yeah good luck um hopefully you can bring home the second championship ah, here in St. Louis see what you did there, Your but uh, I had a blast going down to Tampa Bay for the frozen four when North Dakota was in it. They played Denver and then they took on Quinnipiac in the championship. But honestly, that semi-final game was unbelievable. And I think I would relive that just because it was so much fun. Um, there's a place down there and I don't think it's there anymore. It was called Ferg's live. <laughs> Great establishment, outdoor. It was so much fun. Um, I definitely would go back there and relive. Well, honestly, I'd relive the whole weekend. But if I had to pick a day, I'd go with the semifinal game.
2: Awesome. All right. Well, for me, it's one of two. But the one that's easy is winning the World Junior Championship up in Canada when there was a lockout, no NHL hockey. We were the only thing going. Mm. It, It was Pretty amazing to win the gold medal and have the whole country, like, going crazy at the same time.
6: That was pretty cool for me. Question number two. From the 217, who wins in a fight, Apollo Creed or Dylan from Predator? Ooh. Oh,
2: I say it's Dylan from Predator, because Apollo Creed, he could throw the hands, right? But... Dylan from Predator, he had all the weapons and he had like all the like the MMA kind of stuff. So what
4: are the, what are the rules to this fight? No, no rules. rules. Oh, well, then, yeah. <laughs> it's
2: got to be Dylan <laughs> from Predator. Which, by yeah. the way, if you're wondering who the hell Dylan is, it's Carl Weathers' character <laughs> yeah. in the movie Predators. It's not just some dude named Dylan. I would go, I'd definitely go with the Navy SEAL type yeah, guy. Yeah,
1: probably should do that. I'm with you. Question number three
6: from the six three six: Who is the biggest ish talker in both of your leagues? Who was the funniest one?
2: Oh wow, um, we had a lot of guys that talked ish. Well, one of the funniest ones was Steve Ott, Actually, mm. Otter never stopped. Really, the motor never stopped <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. He he was funny. Um, Matthew Barnaby was funny. He yapped a lot too. Sean Avery yapped a lot, but it didn't. It wasn't really always that funny. He Was just kind of a donkey. Um, so those are three guys though that come to mind quite
4: a bit. Yeah, uh, talking a lot. Bart Scott never shut up. I mean,
1: ever. The Bart Scott Award. Oh yeah. God. He <laughs> never <laughs> shut That's up. That's he... oh, the Bart Star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll give That's someone different... <laughs> else the Bart Scott Award.
4: we to make our own. <laughs> <laughs> Bart Scott didn't shut up. Terrell Suggs was another one. Um, the funniest thing I heard on the football field, that it wasn't funny at the time. It was in college. Uh, Sean Phillips, who actually played for Purdue, but went on to play for the um, Chargers. We were playing each other, playing against them, and, and he was like, man, you guys suck. He's like, you belong in the MAC. And at the time, it was like, it was such a disrespectful comment <laughs> that that got under my, we were terrible, <laughs> <laughs> we were one in ten. Yeah, he was like you. Like he was really disappointed. That we were a big team. Like he, so he felt pretty bad. He felt bad. He was right. Yeah. was like you got. It wasn't. It wasn't. He's like man. You guys really suck. Uh, Y'all belong in the Mac. <laughs>
6: you I played on the, Tuesday.
4: The hell out of my face, man. A little shin. No. No, we don't. It was bad. That's so, awesome. Yeah.
6: Going back to the the Steve Ott chirping, one of my favorite videos is him taking a face off and he's he's talking about his his face off numbers. I can't oh, yeah. remember who he went up against, but those mic'd up moments in the NHL are hilarious and he was in a few of them. Yeah, he's he's a funny dude, man. Question number 4 three one four, is Kenny Pickett the answer for the Steelers, yeah. or should they look to trade picks for a quarterback?
4: Well, look, we we signed Arthur Smith as the head. coach, I mean, as the OC, so we are we are rocking and rolling used in terms to quarterbacks of quarterbacks
6: like that. <laughs> rocking
4: and rolling in terms of hand the ball off to Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Yeah, he's good. He's good. We're yeah. gonna play action pass. We're gonna get under center, hand the ball off downhill to Najee Harris. And Jalen Warren, they were going to have some play-action passes downfield, some dig routes over mm-hmm. the middle. Those safeties get out of there one deep, one over. Yeah, we're, we're going to be good. You're really praying, aren't Pat, Pat, you? Pat Fry, move over the middle. We, we are Set. I'm excited, can't Speaking you tell? Wear the glasses. You yeah. the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. There we I go.
2: Tell oh, you man, what. the colored glasses, right there. Arthur Smith is uh, uh,
4: what yeah. we're looking for. It sure
2: is. Yeah. Yeah. We're thrilled. All right, you got time for one more?
1: <laughs> yeah.
6: Question number four. All right, from the three one four. Would you rather get caught completely unaware with your head down by a shoulder check from Scott Stevens, or be ready for it but have to fight Bob Probert?
2: Oh, I'd definitely be ready for it and fight Proby because I know what's going on then. Yeah, like if I got my head down and I get blasted by Scott mm-hmm. Stevens, like who knows what the damage <laughs> is? I got it. if I don't see him coming, <laughs> mm-hmm.
6: like forget it. You you could never play again. Maybe look yeah. what happened to Eric Lindros; it ruined his career. Well, some some players. One player came back, same game, scored a goal in the Stanley Cup. He did, and he had concussion problems for the rest of his life. Yeah, he still. did.
2: So, no, I'd rather be ready for it, and I'll take my chances fighting Proby. Yeah. Yeah. I don't didn't want to do, but I'll take my chances. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. That's all we got for the six-pack today. We got a five-pack in. That's pretty good. Pretty close here on a Friday. Okay. All show, we've asked you guys for your mic drops regarding Doug Armstrong and what you thought of what Army had to say, what you think of the Blues right now, and just your overall thoughts in general regarding things that we've discussed about the Blues in the last couple of days. We'll get to your mic drops next here on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: It's a fast lane here. 101 ESPN 503, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. We head out now to the celebrity line for our next Bet the Board contestant. We're joined right now by Aaron. Aaron, how you doing, bud?
3: Doing great. How you, gentlemen?
2: We're doing pretty good. We're getting closer and closer to the weekend here, so that's always a positive thing.
9: You bet. Outstanding.
2: All right, man. So, Marshy and CD are off the board You've got Anthony or myself. Who are you picking? I'm going to go with you, Mr. Rivers. All right. That's a smart play considering I just won last month. <laughs> just saying to all those other guys who didn't pick me, right, Aaron? Uh, hey, that's what I'm going with. a boy. I love it. All right, buddy. Well, good luck. I will do my best for you, and uh, <laughs> hopefully we're talking to you again real soon.
9: Yep. Sounds good to me. All you right. guys have a great weekend. You, you too. Aaron. Thanks, buddy. You bet. Bye-bye.
2: All right, so we got, uh, is that our final one, Marshy? Yeah, one more. We got one more to go. Okay. We asked for your mic drops and your voicemails over at our Air Comfort Service text line regarding the Blues and Doug Armstrong and your thoughts about Army overall. Our first mic drops from James. Here's what James had
5: to say. Hey, guys. So let me say that I am impressed with the work ethic of the team since the change of coaching. They still play some crappy games here and there, like they did against Columbus, but more often than not, they have a lot more fight in their game, and it's been a lot more fun to watch them play. Definitely better than it was last year. Hopefully, they make the playoffs, but if not, I think they're going to put up a good fight against the other competing teams. One other thing, Benner and Pareco were 100% robbed of an All-Star berth. That's all star berth. So, I got to say, go Blues! Well, James, thank you for the
2: mic drop. I agree. I agree. I think Colton Pareko overlooked just because he doesn't get the points.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's not flashy, you know. Uh, and Jordan Bennington, unfortunately, the month of December is probably what stopped him yeah. from getting to the All-Star game. It just Not that it was a bad month for Jordan Bennington, just the numbers weren't great. Yeah. So it is what it is. But, um, you know, your thoughts on what James said.
4: I mean, I, I think they, they have been playing much better. They have had more fight. We talked about it earlier, just the games where... If they didn't get the lead to start the game, you knew that they were probably going to lose. If they got down probably? by multiple, <laughs> they were going <laughs> they to were. lose. If they got down by multiple goals, it was a wrap. And now this team does have the ability to fight back into games and put themselves in a position to win and have been winning some of those games. Conversely, when they were up and gave the lead away, they usually lost that game. So, something has shifted where they don't feel like there's too big of a lead where they can't come back into a game, or they don't feel like if they give up their lead, they automatically mm-hmm. are going to lose. So it, it's something there mentally where they're still the same players, but just the 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 will and and I guess the desire to keep fighting and keep going forward has been much better this since the uh, since the transition of uh, Baruby. I agree with that. Okay, we go out.
2: To our next one here was a voicemail to the Air Comfort Service text line. They didn't leave a name, so it's just a 636. So if you do call us and leave a voicemail at 314-399-9646, leave us your name and then leave us your mic drop. But here's what the 636 had to say.
6: To me, one of the most important things about Army's transparency, not only now but starting in the off season, when he said we have to lose in order to learn how to play as a unit, that's happening, and that's why we're seeing some of this cohesion come together in the middle of the season also. Transparency that he provided for the fans not only makes us understand his path and what his, his plans are, but it also is fair to the players too. Because the players know what to expect, the players know that the responsibility is on them. They're not looking to anybody else for answers. or are looking for trade for answers. They know the responsibilities on them because the general manager is very transparent. Imagine being a player under Mosaic—the complete opposite. You have no idea what direction the team's going in. It's told a good thing, but bad
9: things happening. See Aaron Otto last year, how pissed off he was.
4: Thank you, 636. Yeah. Not wrong. Uh, we talked about that. Yep. Just the transparency makes it easier for the media, makes it easier for the fans. You may not – you, you want to win, but you understand that this is what he said. So you can respect that and expect it to be – Along the lines of what was told to you, you know, what they say under promise and over deliver. Yeah, I think that's essentially what Armstrong has done and, and what they're doing right now. Conversely, when you talk about Moselec at times, I think Cardinal fans get frustrated because they feel like the transparency isn't as transparent. Like you don't you don't get you get you, you hear stuff. But it's kind of left up to your decision to decipher it, how it's being said. Yeah, and here's what
2: I agree. Now, I'll further the conversation. I feel like sometimes the way John Mosaylock talks about the team and the Cardinals, it's almost like he wants you to believe that everything's okay.
4: Yeah. Everything's
2: fine. (laughs) Don't
3: ignore that. No, I'm fine. (laughs) Everything's great. The house is
2: burning down. No, no, it's fine. It's just a candle I lit. Like You know what I mean? Where, and I think that that's where people get frustrated is they see something different than what he's communicating, right. and they feel like they're being lied to or mm-hmm. talked down to, yes. like they're not intelligent. Yeah. And I think that people, although they don't always agree with every decision Army makes, because mm-hmm. that's a fact, you're not going to agree with it. Heck, he got booed at the Enterprise Center this year after firing Craig Berube. Mm-hmm. That's how passionate some fans are. But if nothing else, you at least know like he's not putting lipstick on a pig for right. you. he's calling it what it is and for him to say the team is kind of exactly where we thought they'd be or where we expected them to be tells you okay he knows what there's there's work to do he's happy with where they are but not satisfied Right. so i think that says a lot as well we go to our next one uh next mic drop from our guy nick nick what you
5: got for us i absolutely love hearing armstrong talk uh he seems Clear, concise, he's honest, he's transparent, and it's awesome. I think that you can see the rationale in his decision making and why they are where they are. Also, the Blues won in 2019, which they hadn't done ever. So I think he obviously has a huge part in that and he's also got us on the road to success. I'm really excited about all of our prospects. The flip side of the coin is that I can't stand Mo. He talks like a politician. He's arrogant. He talks like the fans don't have any idea what they're talking about and that, He's the smartest guy in the room when all of his free agent decisions have been absolutely atrocious, aside from Matt Holliday, Nolan, and Goldie. However, a 12-year-old could have made those decisions. But all of his signings with, like, Dexter Fowler and Marcelo Zuna, if you look at how all of those trades have played out for the Cardinals, they've been absolute failures. And Mo still has the arrogance to act like he's the, he's the smartest guy in the room, and he absolutely is not. Love, Army. Hate, Mosealoc.
2: All right, some strong verbiage there at the end. Uh, and I had no idea, by the way, what you, Nick was going to say. I don't hear that the exact same thing you just said. Yeah, I didn't say I hate yeah. Moselox.
4: No, you didn't say that. Make
2: sure Sorry, here, okay? I don't want Mo to come yeah. and hunt me down and beat me with his bow tie, you know?
6: <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Anthony will protect you. That's right. Anthony's got
2: me. <laughs> no, but uh, you, you're. I think we're seeing a, a common theme here is that it's uh, either not the information the, the information being disclosed is not being truthful mm-hmm. or in the manner that it's being disclosed is feeling like you're being talked down yeah. to.
4: I, and, and, I mean, the Dexter Fowler signing probably didn't work out how most fans thought Probably. would. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, it nah, didn't work out in the way that uh, Cardinal fans think. But he was a... Uh, he was an all-star two years prior to that. I yeah. mean, you can't. He was a. You, who the hell player. knew? Who the hell knew that that Marcelo Zuna couldn't judge a fly ball and he was going to climb a wall and it was going to drop depth fifteen? Yeah, it, it, it changes <laughs> from city to city, right? I mean, yeah, it just—it yeah. like just, it, it was hard. Who the hell knew that that was going to happen to him? Not me. He wasn't be, even just a uh, little bit. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing,
2: dude? <laughs> All right, we got one final one here. We saved uh, our buddy FedEx
7: Brian for last. Brian, what do you got for us? Hey, guys, FedEx Brian here. Great show, like always. L- let's talk about Army. To steal a quote from Michelle Smallman In Army, we trust. Now, we have him and we have Moselock. Now, which one of those uh, GMs would you trust? I would trust Doug Army, And the reason why is because he can relate with the fans. He can relate with people on the radio. You can listen to him talk, and he's not talking down to you. He's talking to you as a person, as a fan, as a media member. Whereas when you go down the street to Bush Stadium, you have Moselock, who... Wants to walk around a question. He wants to try to show that he is a little bit more intelligent than what he actually really truly is. So I, for one, am excited for what the Blues have to offer in the next year or two, especially with the picks that are going to be coming up, the young guys. The way that Kessel is developing is outstanding. So I think the future is very, very bright, and I see a Stanley Cup very, very soon, probably within the next three years. Take it easy, guys. Have a great weekend. Wow, FedEx, Brian. Right. I mean, I like the optimism. That's
2: that's for sure. And Carrie, it seems like everybody has a common opinion. People hate Mo. They they, they kind of do. Well, they don't like him.
3: I think that, that guy hates. literally said it. No, no, no. I know.
2: <laughs> I just I, I don't like. I don't like that verbiage mm. because this is a...
6: Hates a strong word.
2: Well, it hates a strong word, and it's an individual who's trying to do their job.
6: Right.
2: Maybe not the way we want them to do their job, or maybe he doesn't speak to us the way we expect to be spoken to, but he's just he's trying to do his job. But so is, is, he can, can be isn't, bad at his job without us hating Isn't
4: part him. of your job... Yeah, you should... I don't know if you should hate him, but isn't part of the job being able to relate Like being able to get your message across effectively so that people can understand where you're coming from. So even if you're not making decisions that people like or that they agree with, here's why I made this decision or here's why we decided to go in this direction. When you don't give people when you that is the part that I think bothers people Mm -hmm. is the inability to be, as we've heard, transparent or talk to people as if they are extremely vested into what you're doing because if you act like they're not a part of it which I think at times probably comes across because they are truly vested in everything that the St. Louis Cardinals do so as as an ambassador or a leader or a a, a figurehead of of a, an organization that is part of your job to let people in on what's going on because they are truly vested in spending money with what you're doing.
6: They're your consumers, right? There you, you go. You want to let people know what they're buying, right? And and why it's going to work. Yes. And even and like you said, even if it doesn't work, at least people know that there was a solid, clear direction, other than, well, you know, the culture's a little a little banged up and we need to get some some veterans in here. Yeah. Really? How is that going to translate to the field? Right. And if it does, great. But like tell how me is, how. Tell me how. Yeah. Like, yeah. are these are you bringing this guy in because they need to work like because some players need to work on hitting or fielding or like what is it? For me,
4: great leadership would be, you know what? Last year we ruined uh, Wilson Contreras's first year. We did not step out in front of this. We made mistakes. We did not um, go about this in the right way. And things were said that were not true. And we should have gotten in front of it as opposed to yeah, I, the media is making it a bigger deal than it actually is. No, the hell we were not. We were actually saying what was being said, and then it became national news. And I'm sure that the blame fell on local media as to as to part of the reason that it became national news. No, it became national news because you signed a man— $87.5 million, and then said he was not going to play the position that you signed him at. And then you had pitchers saying, We can't pitch to this guy because he's calling pitches that we don't have. And nobody stood in front of him. Leadership is standing up and taking those shots and making sure your players are protected from nonsense that goes on that you should have done. Yeah, I agree 100% with all of that. And I think I, here's what I'm going to
2: say regarding the Wilson Contreras stuff last year and most of last year in general. John Mozeliak had never been in that situation before. As the president or general manager of the baseball team, he'd never been in a situation where a player was uh, the catcher wasn't one of the best players on his team, where the team wasn't winning more games than not. It was a situation he was not accustomed to, and I don't think he handled it the right way. In fact, I know he didn't handle it all the right way
4: uh, at all. So none of them did.
2: It's a learning experience for John Mozeliak, but where he should have learned from it is to get out ahead of everything and just start to talk the truth. Like it's okay to say to the fan base here, "Hey, listen. We're going to liquidate some things here at the deadline because we're looking to try and make a charge here next year in our division." We're trying to capitalize on Goldie and Arenado still being in real good shape for mm-hmm. our ball club. We think that we're a couple of pieces away. Our budget is our budget, so don't go looking for the top of the food chain. We're going to find guys who work well for this team. Now, at least you don't have to like what he
4: said, but he at told all. you the truth. But but when you say we're going to get three pitchers, mm-hmm. and you know those pitchers that are available are Shohei Otani, Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, like hey, 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 yo, we're going to get three. Just say, within our budget. Yeah. How many words is that? Within our budget. Three more words.
2: words. I agree. Simple. We'll see if he learns ultimately from all of it. Um, But nonetheless, thank you for your mic drops. That was awesome. We appreciate it. We're going to continue with our last piece of the blues here. We're going to talk about the goaltending when we come back on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: All right, we head back out to the celebrity line for our last Bet the Board contestant. We got Wild Bill on the line. Bill, how you doing?
6: Fine, sir. How are you? We're
2: good, man. We're good. All right, so who's left to pick here, Marshy? Oh, he's only got...
8: He's, it's Anthony. Yeah, Anthony. It's Anthony.
2: He got so, Anthony. Bill.
6: That's
8: all right. That's all right, Anthony. I'll take Anthony. All right. I've been, I've been trying to get on for my uh, revenge matches against last year when you guys beat me on my birthday for the uh thing. Oh, that's uh, right. I haven't got on yet. Yes, Marshy beat me. Uh, yeah, Marshy oh, does yeah. that. It was his birthday. Yeah. I remember that. It
2: was that. his birthday. I totally oh, remember man. that. man. Oh, well, we're glad it. you're back, Bill. We, um, we berated Marshy yeah. after that, just so you know, Bill.
8: Yeah, I heard you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was good. good. I support you. It's wonderful. All that's right. Good job you guys doing. Thank okay, you, Bill. All right, so I got, um, um, who um I got? Anthony. Anthony. Uh, okay, okay. Thank you, sir. Appreciate all right, thank it. you. Have a, nice Have a great day. weekend. Thank, thank you, Bill. All right, bye. Bye. All right, great.
2: There we go. You There's Bill. Bill. You crushed his soul on his soul. birthday. On his I, birthday. Did. I remember what that too.
6: What happened? <laughs> I don't remember. Just Marshy. Oh, that's what he man. does. Really, Marshy. I always beat the the nice people. Yeah, nice <laughs> people, and
2: on his birthday too. Jeez.
6: I feel like that's what started it.
2: That was the. It may have been the, the uh, first the catalyst yeah. to you just being an awful person to nice people. Pretty much. Yeah, oh, man. Mm. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Blues goaltending: Jordan Bennington, Joel Hofer having themselves a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you look at overall save percentage here, let's go save percentage. Let's look through here. Jordan Bennington had a tough month of December. I found Joel Hofer. Joel Hofer sits at 909 save percentage, which isn't bad. It's not, mm-hmm. a, it's not a bad uh, stat there for good old Joel Hofer. And then when you go to the Blues... Where's our goaltenders here, Kerry? There they are.
4: 908. 908, 908. for Jordan
2: Bennington. Yep. So the month of December really affected the numbers for Jordan Bennington. But the eye test and the numbers here recently show that he's been a really, really good goaltender. So, Kerry, when you think about the Blues goaltending overall, you know what are your initial thoughts?
4: One, on the tandem, and then two... You know how they've been so far this year. I think they've been, you know, very good. I think when you're looking at Jordan Bennington and what he's been able to do, he's done a fantastic job. I know last year we talked so much about how how well he performed, but just the numbers didn't seem like they showed it because the Blues lost games. They were not you know, taking a lot of shots on goal and and giving up more goals than you would expect it, but still performing as well as he could. This year, there I think there have been some times where you you look at it and say, eh, probably should have made that save, eh, probably should have got that one as well. But all in all, he's done a really fantastic job. And I think the tandem has worked well together as well.
2: Yeah, I, I like the tandem a lot. What I like about both goaltenders, uh, if you take away the, the, the actual goaltending part, mm-hmm. I love the way they play the puck. Yeah. For, as a former defenseman, Kerry, let me tell you how much of a dream that is. Because when other teams dump the puck in, and you're going back to get the puck, you're about to get your face planted into the glass. Mm. So if you don't even have to go back to get the puck, if your goalie can get the puck and you can just get open, yeah. and now your goalie either passes it to the other defenseman, to you, or fires it up somewhere else, it eliminates the four check. Yeah. And it eliminates guys getting run through the end boards. Right. So that I really right. like that aspect of both their games, Jordan Bennington and Joel Holfer. And I just I watched Jordan Bennington and the evolution of him as a goalie has been fun to watch because he burst onto the scene, obviously in 2019 with that unbelievable run. Mm-hmm. And then he followed that up with a 30 win season the following year. Then he had some things, you know, bumps in the road. He still was a good goaltender last year. The numbers weren't great, but what I like seeing here is he continues to evolve as a player, you know, in the crease and in the locker room. And now he's turned into a bit of a mentor for Joel Holfer. And we had, Doug Armstrong, president of hockey operations, general manager for the blues. He was on earlier and we asked him about his goaltending, what he liked and what he saw and what he thinks of both of these guys.
8: Yeah, sure. Uh, when, when you look at the uh, stats, uh, uh, you know, October, November were high. December took a little bit of a downturn for him. And then uh, we came in in January is fantastic. And I think he's playing very good hockey. I also think that, uh, uh all, all the skaters doing a nice job. We, we give up shots, uh, Jamie, as you know, but we don't give up high-quality shots or second sh- shots to the level we have, uh, you know, over the last, uh, you know, little bit. So uh, we're trying to make his job a little bit easier, but he's making the big saves when we need them. Him and Hofer seem to have a really good partnership uh Uh, shows to Bennington's uh, qualities as a human being. He's helping Joel be the best he can be, and Joel's pushing Benner, uh, you know, on the ice. So I think it's a great partnership, and uh, the organization's a benefactor of having two guys that the players trust uh, to go in the net. So uh, quite
2: a bit of good stuff there. But the one thing that I I like is when he talks about Jordan Bennington being there for Joel Holfer, Mm -hmm. so he speaks to the human being he is. Yeah. It's not easy to do that. No. Let's just just think of a couple of most popular things, popular times where that has not been the case. (laughs) Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers (laughs) paid it forward to Jordan Love. (laughs)
4: He definitely did. Right?
2: Yep. Made it difficult. So I I think it speaks volumes. A couple things. One, he's a good, good guy, good teammate. But two, confidence in himself, too. Yeah. If you're willing to help the other guy, it means you, I got this. I'm good. I don't worry about that guy. Indeed. And so, to me, you know, th- this is, again, part of the maturation process. The evolution is what I said earlier of Jordan Bennington. You're seeing this guy come out. And I said it last year, too. Jordan Bennington's a leader in that locker room. He doesn't wear a letter on his jersey,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but he's a leader. And, and I think that you're seeing the the the, the – the continuance of that this year, it's even growing to yeah. be more and more to
4: where he, he's a guy that people respond to. It's almost like him and Robert Thomas are becoming more comfortable in that role mm-hmm. of, you know, they're no longer you know young guys in age, but no longer young guys in terms of hockey experience, NHL experience. So I think you're starting to see kind of that maturation as well, which is good for the team. It's good for the organization. As you're having a retool as well it's always nice to have the goaltender
2: position figured out. Yeah. Because if you're doing this retool on the fly and you don't have the goaltending, guess what? It's going to be really tough. You might as well go into a rebuild at that point because your team's going to suffer. So it's a nice luxury for Doug Armstrong to have Jordan Bennington and Joel Holfer, um, each of them contributing this year. And, you know, Jordan Bennington, he continues to evolve, and then Joel Holfer continues to develop on a daily basis Pretty solid between the pipes. I like it, at least for the next couple of years. It looks like you're all set. So good job on that one, Army. That'll end our blues discussion here leading into the All-Star break. We'll have more stuff on the blues next week, I'm sure. But we really appreciate all of your contributions throughout this last couple of days with your mic drops and your text messages and all that stuff as we talk about our beloved St. Louis blues. It is time for biggest question of the day. That'll be next here. On one hundred and one ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day.
2: It's the Fast Lane here on One Hundred and One ESPN. Time for the biggest question of the day. DJ Marshy Marsh, what do you got for us?
6: All right. So due to our mic drops, we understand the feelings that some of our listeners have on John Mose lock. So the question for today, our biggest question is, are fans upset with the Cardinals spending in terms of the dollar amount, or is it the players that they acquire with said money? Ooh, CD, mm.
2: that's spicy as the kids say these days. I, I don't know if they do. <laughs> I, I mean, I <laughs> don't say that. I, don't I heard somebody one of my kids say that's spicy.
4: Mm. I don't have any idea what they meant by it. <laughs>
2: just thought I'd throw that out uh, too.
4: Okay, I appreciate it. We'll just say it's spicy. I think that fans are bothered by the dollar amount. Okay. I think it's the because if you spend more money, the the notion is you get better players. So without you know, you, you, can, you can get good players, and, and I don't think they're bothered by the players that they get. I think they're bothered by the fact that they don't get better players by spending more money. Yeah. So I think it's the dollar amount. I think that's the number. And, again, the frustration. We talked about it. It's the words that are said and then how you are left to decipher what is said. Okay. Because you've heard in the past, oh, the, the, the budget's going to go up. 20 million? 30 million? 40 million? $10. Dollars. <laughs> $10. <laughs> we didn't say how much. $57 for you.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <a> steak dinner. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Just the steak, though. Yeah. No sides. No sides. Don't get
2: those. baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Okay, but here's what I would have to say to that, and I'm just asking you because you brought up this guy's name earlier, Dexter Fowler.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Were the fans upset with the dollar amount or the player? Ooh, I think the player
4: after they saw the dollar amount.
2: Yeah, but it's, it's interesting, yeah, right? Because yeah. then you look at other guys too. It's, it's like, do they really get mad at the dollar amount that's spent or the player? Because if the player sucks... Then we get it mad more. at the dollar. About.
4: Yeah, eh. it's like it's a weird. Well, if you yeah, you probably got a point. That's, I didn't think about it that way. I did not think about it that way. It's, it's see, both, isn't that's it? That's <laughs> sick. I was gonna say.
2: I was as soon as you were talking, I was like, "Can I say both?" And I'm like, "That's kind of a cop out." It's both, but it is both. Yeah.
4: Like you didn't spend the money, and then you spent the money. And then this guy didn't do what we needed him to do. That's right. So, it, so the answer
2: ultimately is not spending the most money. Hmm. The answer is finding the best player and then not being afraid to pay market value there you for go. said player. Yeah. I think that's where the frustration ultimately lies. Because the the Cardinals, you know, Anthony, always, we always talk about the bargain bin, or I call it the pee pool. <laughs> you know, the Cardinals go... Hanging around the pee pool, not that nice infinity pool. You don't want to go into the people No, you don't. But uh, no, you, yeah, you, you might got find to. something. You never know, right? <laughs> so I think that's ultimately what the frustration is for Cardinals fans is that it feels like the Cardinals are never willing to spend the money. And then when they do spend the money,
4: it's on the wrong player. So that also should not be on Mosei feet like that shouldn't be at his at his finding stand. the wrong player is finding them but spending not being able to spend yeah x amount of dollars he is not his money to spend it's it's well he has a boss he has a boss and if your boss tells you I'm only willing to spend x amount of dollars then you have to go out and find players that fit that x amount of dollars mm-hmm. role right and and if you're unable to well then you run into some issues but I think it's, it's – we had a text from the 573-D, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't part of the equation. But no, people get angry
2: at it, and, and I get it. And people get mad at the DeWitts for not spending the money, but they spent the money on Paul Goldschmidt. They spent the money on Nolan Arenado. Like, I know that Mo made that crazy trade and whatnot, but right now the organization is spending – what fifty seven million dollars, I think, is what the total is between Goldie and Arenado. It might even be more than that to be it might be going into this year. Yeah, it, it might be more on those two players. So the 25. organization's <laughs> clearly not afraid to spend on good players. Yeah. But maybe the evaluation process of the scouting staff and the management and Mo identifying players that they think might be good and then spending money poorly has backfired at times.
4: Yeah. You know, like
2: there's a but lot there, of those situations But then too. some
4: of that falls in the in the lap of the player because the player, if you're being paid X amount of dollars, you need to perform at the X amount of dollar level. Right?
2: Totally. So it's, but you better get the right damn player. It's the
4: all of the above. It is. It kind of <laughs> is. everybody. It's all parties involved. It's the DeWitts not willing to spend. Is Mosella getting players that may not, you know, Fit the role. And then if you do get the players, the player not performing to the level of the contract that he's made. Yeah.
2: Mike Leak Well, the, yeah, you can go down the list. There's been enough of them, but every team has them. Every, every team, team has, has those them. mistakes. Yeah. So ultimately, for me, it comes down to a talent evaluation thing. The best evaluators of talent find the guys that can give you the most bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the bottom line. They find the players that always seem to outperform their contract. It's not always ideal because once these guys get to a certain level, the agents tell them, "You're worth this much."
4: Correct. And that's and that's and, the bottom line, <laughs> as the Rock would say. And that's the job of the agent and the player to get the most money for themselves because you don't know when you're going to get that opportunity again. It, it might be a once-in-a-lifetime type of deal, so you have to hit on that as well. So it, it's it's not as easy as no. we would like to make it seem, right? No, you got players not. wanting because this it, amount. even if you spend the money, it doesn't mean the player's going to be good. It, it does not. It means he was good before. At one point. That's right. And then you got Marcelo Zuna jumping the wall and the ball drops in front of you. What the <laughs> hell was he doing, guys? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not
2: sure. It's a like gold sleeve, I think, threw him off a little bit. It shined in his eyes? It's eye. glare in his eyes, yeah. <laughs> says so it's my story i'm sticking to all it.
3: right well, right, But if
2: we, okay so let's let's evaluate something really quickly here we don't we're up against it's fine mo went and got sunny gray mm-hmm. i think sunny gray might be the best bang for your buck that mo got this offseason and the reason i say that is because all of the analytics and the numbers and all that which i know we hate to do it but you have to use them at mm-hmm. some point because it, it it what it does is it it classifies where the players at from a league standpoint and from a league standpoint sonny gray was one of the best available pitchers right from a ranking standpoint he was in the top 10 best pitchers all this up and you didn't go spend ace money on him sonny gray's not an ace not saying he is but where he his numbers and what he did last year and what he was able to do were pretty damn good so maybe, I don't know yet, because we're not a predictor of the future, but maybe Sonny Gray is that finally that one signing that checks the boxes. You spent some money. Yeah. You got the best player for that money. Okay. You know, like in that tier. In that, in that, yes. Yeah. And then maybe he outperforms other guys that, that get paid more. substantially
4: right. more. It's possible. We have to wait and see. We have to.
9: Yeah. <laughs> Rhode Island <laughs> it's
4: a state motto hope
2: alright we'll find out if the Cardinals screwed it up or not somewhere down the road here Am I setting up positive? <laughs> we're headed into our last segment when we come back we've got fade or follow, bet the board three stars, criticisms, compliments and all that other great stuff here on 101 ESPN
1: we're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more.
5: Everyone, follow us. Fade, fade, money, 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 money.
2: Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. It's that time of the week, fade or follow. And uh, it's been a little difficult, CD. Not a whole lot of action going on nah. in the sporting world. <laughs> not much happening. No happened. baseball. a lot of basketball. You know, I, basketball. I love the NBA. I know you do. I love I know you do. I'm a big fan, too. Yeah.
4: Not really? Not, not really, no. Yeah, we'll no. Get you, we're going to get you into some basketball. Yeah, sure we will. I yeah. like playing basketball. <laughs> just not watching just it. Just not really watching it. It's just my thing. <laughs> All right,
2: we got our guy Bill, who is a returner here on uh Fade or Follow. He's up 100 bucks right now. Bill, how you doing?
9: I'm good. How you been, Jamie?
2: I'm good, man. I'm good. So, we just talked about how it's been difficult to pick something. CD, my guy pulled up our FanDuel account here and he found us some hockey. It's the All-Star game tonight. We yeah. got uh, Oh boy. We got Robert Thomas who's part of Team McDavid. Mm-hmm. And in their matchup tonight, McDavid versus... Tomorrow night. or Tomorrow, tomorrow night. Sorry. Now. That's yeah. right. Tonight's a skills competition. Yeah. Tomorrow night in the matchup between McDavid, Team McDavid, and Team McKinnon, it's a money line bet. We picked Team McDavid over Team McKinnon because our guy Robert Thomas is on that. Maybe. Are you going to fade or follow us?
9: Uh, let's... I've followed two weeks in a row. I'm going to follow that again. Yes. I have no idea how they even create a money line on um, <laughs> an all game in the NHL, but I want to be in that room when they when they make that money line. There so,
2: you go, buddy. All right, man. Well, Bill, good luck. We'll be watching tomorrow night. We'll be pulling for you. And uh, if nothing else, man, have a great weekend.
9: Yep. You, you guys as well. All right. Appreciate thanks a lot, Bill. It. All right. Take care. Yep. Bye.
2: All right. Our guy Bill made his pick. Now we've got bet the board, don't we, Marshy? We certainly do. Right. So, uh, how are we you... gonna pick the uh, the batting order? Was it? Well, you won, you so won. You, you go, go first. first. Ah, I like the way you guys yeah. are showing a little bit of respect around here. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> well, I am headed off to the NBA because you know you I go. love basketball, mm-hmm. and uh, I got a game picked tonight. I've got the Suns beating the Hawks, and that's uh, three three and a half is what the odds are. Phoenix minus three and a half. I'm gonna play that. On the spread. All right. I got Phoenix over the Hawks by more than three and a half.
6: All right. I'm up next. I am looking. I mentioned this school earlier in the show, Quinnipiac. Oh, yeah. National <laughs> champions <laughs> for hockey, right? They won, uh, I believe it was a few years ago. Um, or maybe it was this past year. I can't really remember. But, anyways, I'm looking at them in basketball oh, as wouldn't. they take on Manhattan. Oh. And That's- minus 105 for the money line. Or not the money line. The uh, the spread is minus 6.5 in favor of Quinnipiac, and I'm going with them.
4: All right. I'm going to go. Yeah, Golden State Warriors are taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. The 7.5 feels too much for me, but I will take the over
6: 225, minus 110.
4: All right, we got our guy Anthony next.
6: Marshy, you said he sent in his, uh, his bet? He did. He has Grizzlies plus 8.5.
4: Wow. Ew. <laughs> that's why I say
2: you never know. Spicy, <laughs> as the kids say, Carrie. <laughs> they do say it. All right, that's bet to board. Um, all right, let's see here. We're on time. Oh, okay, yeah, we got some time here. Oh, yeah. Let's. Uh, first of all, if you missed any of the show, there was a lot going on today. We had Blues, president of Hockey Operations, general manager, doug armstrong he joined the show and we talked about a lot of things with army and then we had a lot of blues segments following that so if you're hungry for some blues content get back download the podcast we talked about the cardinals we talked about the corbin burns trade we talked about a guy named trevor bauer for a little bit that's always an interesting conversation and we also talked about our favorite thing launch angle and how it's hurting the game of baseball if you missed any of that. You can go to the 101 ESPN mobile app or 101ESPN.com, hit the podcast pages, download that. All of it brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto.
6: All right, Marshy, Criticisms and compliments, please. All right, let's go to the three one four. Anthony's Chiefs make it to one Super Bowl, and he goes on a party bender. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Anthony's certainly feeling it right now. He's
6: feeling something. I yeah, don't know if it's... he might be in
2: hiding after he declared himself part of Chiefs Kingdom. I think people started to it's, message him. That's not great. Yeah. It's I mean, not good. I don't be, right. be I don't think it was like violent. Oh okay. no, no, no. Okay. it was not like violent. They talked about Is it like BK? no, they talked about like trimming his chest hair and things like that. <laughs> like, stuff that would really affect him, you know. Where the hell would his gold chain rest if he didn't have chest hair? Like, come on, C <laughs> D
6: We have another one for Anthony. <laughs> From the three one four, did Anthony call off all week to pre- to prepare for his Chiefs Super Bowl hashtag Ring Chasing Stalter hashtag Worse than Skip Bayless? Oh
4: man! Oh wow! Wow! That's where I draw the line. Took the week off to prepare for the Super Bowl. Got another, go. he, yeah, got another week to That's go. I know That would have been next week. Got another week to go. That's what you're doing. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I will be. Just if, you're, if listeners don't know, I will be um, gone next week. Taking my talents <laughs> to Mexico. <laughs> Gonna head down there for the All-Star break. Relax, have some fun, enjoy the weather, enjoy my girlfriend, and uh, just time. kick back and relax. Much needed. Yes, yes, thank you.
6: From the 386. Right six. from Mexico to Buffalo. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't
2: get any better. <laughs> better trip than that.
6: Mm. <laughs> Jamie, focus on hockey and speedos. Yes. Mm. Well, there you go. In that order. In that order. Maybe the opposite.
2: opposite order. Well, it's it, until hockey. 6 o'clock. At 6 o'clock, it'll be speedo time. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got a
6: new one. You get a fresh one. <laughs> Bill for speed this year, Kerry. You watch. All right, gentlemen. Time for our three stars of the day. Our third star goes to KD. <laughs> Shout oh, out yes. KD.
2: <laughs> if you missed that, we had our bet the board contestant. Was it Wild uh, Bill?
6: It was not Wild Bill. I believe... It was Patrick. It was Wait, Patrick. That's yes. yes.
2: Our guy named Patrick... Uh, He emphatically was like, I'm going with KD. uh, CD.
3: (laughs) Uh,
6: So congratulations to KD (laughs) picking up the third star. Our second star goes to bet the board, Bill. Unfortunately, I beat him in the gauntlet a few years back. And uh, I still feel really bad about it. But today he's getting a second star. And Hopefully uh, he'll pick up a win he beat him with on Anthony. His birthday, he did. That was don't tough. Don't forget that. Well, I, don't,
4: I don't know if he's going to pick up a win with
6: that. All right, first star. First star goes to Carl Weathers. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. got to give it to him. Paulo Creed, Paulo man. Apollo Creed. Come
2: on, Creed. I like that. That's off. There is no tomorrow. <sighs> Remember that? That was yeah. great. Throwing all right, it's been a fun week. We uh, look forward to seeing you next week. I won't be here, but you will. And so Carrie and Anthony and Marshy. Please have an unbelievable weekend. Be safe out there, and enjoy it.
1: See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.